Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Season six of the Retro Podcast, the only show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. We are part of the Dorkening Entity Grant Podcast Networks, and as always, we are this season, like the past five seasons, uh, give or take, brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee, coffee to die for. I am your host, 8-Bit Alchemy, and with me, one time as always, one time as newly, uh, first off, we have the, as always, Parasite Steve. Uh, you can call me the Demon's Undulate Ooh. for tonight. Oh, God. I, I get that reference. That's amazing. Uh, nice. Okay. And as newly, as newly, we have Mr. Coopster Gold. In the studio. Does that make you the demon's bungulate? (laughs) No, it's the opposite, right? Demon's demon's undulate. Thank you. What's the opposite of a demon's undulate? Like an angel's? No, no, it's it's actually the lunar eclipse. Okay. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Yes, so joining us uh, and and a part of our season six debut is Justin Cooper filling in um, as our new host. Our, yeah. our new permanent permanent man, man in the chair, the guy here with us, <laughs> the guy with the golden hair, guy with the golden hair, the guy with the golden boost. You know, yep. He, this like is that. him. This is him. How's it going, dude? I uh, I gratefully accept this uh, prestigious and high paying position. <laughs> oh wow, you've been he's, misled. He's oh, got no. six <laughs> fingers total, and he's looking a little green. <laughs> That's oh, it's Justin a- Cooper. It's Justin Cooper. Yes. Mm. Well, thank you for joining us and being a part yeah, of the man. wacky ship we call Retro Octopus, sir. I-, I accept all of your hanging with Mr. Cooper uh, references and you know, oh, with good, with good, good humor. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> perfect. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, we're we're way more highbrow than that. We don't we don't generally uh, go for the lowest hanging fruit. Oh, yeah, it's usually the, the mid tier, mid fruit, right? Yeah, mid fruit, right. yeah. Yeah, I'll probably be calling you Sly something like a kumquat, you know, something like so. No, that's low. Sly, that's Sly low Cooper, yeah, Sly fine. Cooper. You know, that's yeah. probably more like what I'll go with because you are pretty sly. You know, that is true. That's, that is. Oh, and his name me. is Cooper. Oh my it god, just I just got keeps, it. It just keeps. I was just off. thinking this. I was just thinking about the sly part. No, you know what? It it just keeps giving. 
You know, it's just this never-ending reference, oh, really, of man, two things that are that are, of two things that are never-ending <laughs> list of two. Um, so, gentlemen, so yes. retroids out there, we are here today on the season six opener to talk about uh, a topic that throws back to our season four opener, which was uh, pinball games. So. Season four opener, we talked about real physical hardware pinball games. And for this season six opener, I really wanted to talk about pinball video games. I love video pinball. I have played a ton of them and frankly got into them way before really cutting my teeth on actual pinball machines. Um, so they, they, it's their time. You know, their, their, their day has come. The time is nigh. Time is nigh, their bill is nigh, and uh, you know it's it's about damn time that we talk about some goddamn pinball video games. Uh, and inertia so is a that. property of matter. <laughs> so true. Bill, 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 the science coopster goal. Science rules. So uh, we talking about yeah. Beepin's world. Oh wait, sorry. <laughs> Actually, we did. We did. We did do that. We did a, yeah, we we did a, a science, science show last season. Yeah, we did. That was a fun episode, and I loved it. <laughs> Thanks, <Yeet>. man. <laughs> <laughs> it was so great when I listened to it tomorrow. Uh, kind. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask so me good. about what happened. Tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to kick things off because we always run long and, and I have a lot to talk about. And I, I'm going to just start things off fancy dancy. So um, I, I kind of cheated. Normally we have picks where we like we each pick one and then we pick another one later. I kind of picked... Uh, bundles because there were too many cool ones that I wanted to talk about and so I had to bundle them because I was going to lose my shit because I'm not going to be able to do a virtual pinball video games episode 2 this season or any other time soon so, so uh, is the, has your shit been kept? My shit has been kept Woo! I didn't lose it it's the shit, shit has been retained that is some, some seriously kept thank shit thank god no tilt. The way, the, the, no tilt. Yeah, no tilt no tilt boogie um, so the way that I kept my shit was the first pick is I'm calling the Nintendo Pinball Trio. Now, I'm sure you're all going to think that my picks are bullshit and I don't care because <laughs> this is what I'm going with. Because Damn. technically none of these games are even on the NES. So it's not the NES Pinball tri uh, Trio. It's just Nintendo like the company. Uh, so I'm going to start does sound off a little bullshitty. It it does. You know, I love to start a season with a little bit of bullshit. Because <laughs> if you can't give them a little BS up front, how are they gonna deal with the whole rest yeah. of the season? Yeah. A season full of bullshit. And maybe maybe they're listening to us for the first time and they just don't know how much bullshit to anticipate. And right. this is a good gauge. Yes. Yes. The litmus test for BS yeah. is is now. Okay. So so what are these Nintendo non Nintendo games? Yeah, so I am going with Nintendo franchises that are, you know, they are second nature when it comes to thinking about Nintendo characters. So the first up is Kirby's Pinball Land for the Game yes. Boy. Yes. Oh, Kirby's nice. Pinball Land was released in 1993 for the Game Boy, and it was the second pinball game that Nintendo published, the first being just OG Pinball for the NES. Uh, Kirby plays as the ball himself, which is great because he's just a little round dude. And uh, he travels around between three different levels. There are there's Wispy Woods, Krakow, and Poppy Bros, all of which are bosses from the Kirby games, 
being the big tree, the lightning cloud with an eyeball, and the happy, jumpy asshole who throws bombs at you. Um, each table has three tiers to them and has a boss fight with their named bosses. Uh, once you clear all three tables, you're able to face off with King Dedede in a big grand finale. And uh, there's a neat little ball save feature to the game where uh, if you lose the ball down the middle, uh, you have a, a little mini game where you can time the button press to launch Kirby back out of the hole and save him. And each time that happens, the platform just gets smaller and smaller. So it's like you always have ball save on, which is kind of cool. Um, you just have to actually be good at doing it. <laughs> um, this was still the era of Kirby where he was black and white. This was before color. He wasn't pink yet. And um, this was before the Nintendo game. I, I, I don't think, think so. so. I don't know. He must have been pink well, on, color, on the though, Game right? Boy, he was still just like black and white, I guess. So, <laughs> right, because Game Boy Color maybe wasn't. Yeah, out. but yeah. he was pink because uh, Kirby's Adventure must have come out for the NES. Oh yeah, he's he's pinkish on the box. So see, there you go, bullshit right up front. Um, (laughs) But uh, (laughs) plenty of bullshit. No bullshit, some bullshit. You know, take as much as you want. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, Kirby's Pinball Land. It's a great game. There isn't really a ton I'm going to say about it because, frankly, it wasn't a game that I owned. But I had to mention it because it's really, really important for a ton of. Uh, you know, people who had Game Boys and from like starting off Nintendo's like, oh, maybe we can turn franchises into pinball games. Mm. Uh, and that's just a thing that kept happening uh, because basically all of my picks tonight have some tie to Nintendo, not just this trio. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't Kirby's only time as a ball. No, it wasn't. Yeah, Because on the, the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Well, oh, also yeah. well, on Super Nintendo, we got Kirby's Dream Course, where he was a essentially a miniature golf ball. It was a golf ball. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so Kirby is very versatile, you know? So it's like, okay, there, the, he set the groundwork for, like, we can turn our Nintendo characters into a pinball. That's an easy spinoff, you know, idea. Uh, and in my opinion, they kept doing awesome stuff with that. Um, so if you fast forward 11 years uh, from <laughs> from 93 on the Game Boy to 2004 for the Game Boy Advance, you have Mario's Pinball Land. Yeah. Uh, Mario's Pinball remembered. Land. Nice. Did you get to play that one? Did I did. Yeah. No, I one? played that. I, I had not heard of the Kirby one until you just said it. I was like, geez. Yeah. I, I, I have like a Raspberry Pi that has every... Uh, Game Boy game, so I've seen it before, but I've never played it. So neat. Check it out; it's really fun. I I might, I may actually just do that. So yeah, and Kirby, like the Kirby music is so good. Like I think if a pinball video game has good music, I want to play it for way longer. It's more (laughs) important than the average game to have good music. Like, is it is it like new music or is it classic Kirby tracks? It's like classic Kirby tracks. Bam 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 columns precious why are they all brown why oh. are they all brown columns <laughs> well, i told you i didn't go to the they're not disappearing room. that's clearly a line <laughs> i made a line a line of brown yeah exactly. uh, 
yeah, the columns music is a hundred percent an earworm. Like I like it, but holy fuck, it needs to go away after a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, That's why geez. I mentioned it because it's it's one yeah, of those things where it's like it I can't I can, think of it. What, I dream about it, it sometimes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's got like that echo sort of reverb effect. Classic Genesis music. Yeah, it's it's really. I think that was actually Tetris. I, I can't call it to memory, and I'm not going to try too hard because it's going to get stuck there. So fuck you. You look it up, Steve. <laughs> I'll look it up later. All right. Parasite me. <laughs> Parasite you. Uh, <laughs> all right. So Mario Pinball Land. This is a game that I didn't get to um, own this one, but I did play it uh, through an emulator. And uh, honestly, using save and load was really important because it's a super long game. Like, it is not just like, a, oh, there's a few tables, whatever. Um, Honestly, like to to make it all the way through the game, it would be really fucking hard normally. Um, so the game was developed by a company called Fuse, and uh, all the graphics in the game were three D pre rendered graphics, similar to like Donkey Kong Country. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the game starts out. Um, it's kind of weird. The first level that starts out, you're actually at a carnival. Uh, it's just called the Fun Fair, and uh, there's like this machine that just turns people into pinballs. It's it's very odd. Like Toad jumps in it and he's like hello, and he gets blasted into a target, and it's like that's it. And then Peach is like, oh, I want to try it, and then she gets shot into Bowser's castle because of course she does. And Mario's like, you got to be fucking kidding me! And just well, I mean, she probably the... has like a suite already decorated the way she likes it there. I mean, she's it's she's there enough. It yeah, is fire spikes, yeah. you know, yeah. skeletons. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like the only one who's pissed is Mario because Peach is probably just like cool, whatever. My sugar daddy, you know, my Koopa daddy over here. Yeah, it's just like all right, I'll I'll go to dad's this weekend. Like, all right, <laughs> right, exactly. So Mario's like, well, shit, I gotta jump in, become a pinball, and save Princess Peach because nobody asked me to. Um, but you start in this fair, and then you very quickly will unlock a cannon, and it can send you to any of the levels you want. You can go to the Grassy Greens, Frosty Frontier, Shifting Sands, and then once you clear those, you can go to Bowser's Castle. Uh, each level, whatever one you go to, there's all sorts of different enemies. When you defeat enemies, you get coins. If you clear all the enemies on a screen, it'll usually make a star come down. Uh, and then when you collect the star, it's similar to Mario 64, where you're trying to amass a certain number of stars to unlock doors, so that way you can access other small tables with additional challenges, additional stars to unlock. And then once you've gotten enough stars in a given level, you're able to open up the boss door and fight the various different bosses of each level. So you have Petey Piranha, King Boo, a giant Cheep Cheep, and there's also a character that I've just named Pharaoh Koopa. I don't actually know what he's called, but he just looks like a Koopa with a Pharaoh uh, hat. Uh, and then a hat. A hat. Uh, to borrow a page from Paper Cut Mario, I think I think they called him Tootin Koopa, <laughs> uh, but uh, but this is not necessarily that character. Uh, so, so this and, was uh, on Game Boy Advance, right? Where it had kind of like yeah. where it looked like a plus sign, and uh, they would have triggers on both sides to do the flippers. Yep, that would be, that would be ideal for that yeah. sort of thing. Like just mm -hmm. the, the way that you hold it and looking at yeah. it, that'd be great. Right. Yeah, the, I don't the think I got GBA to play was... this. It yeah. looks really great. It's good. And it, it's it, good. It, it sort of reminds me of that uh, the NES pinball game, Pinball Quest, because right. it really is like, it's not just a table. You're like defeating little tables and mini games mm -hmm. to progress and like accomplish goals and like yep. beat enemies and 
move on and like you're going from level one to level two and so, like yeah like that's, yeah, that's super why, like, cool and like i mean i i don't remember you know if the game let you save your progress when you would um beat a boss or collect a star i actually I want to say it did, but because I played it on an emulator, I just did everything with saving and loading, so I never had to really deal with that. Um, but it's it's a long game, like for a pinball game to the concept of trying to do this all in one shot is like insane. You know, there's yeah. there's so much here. Um, right. But I I loved this game. I've weirdly heard like a lot of people don't like this game too much, and I I don't really know what the criticisms are. Um, I also think it's a game that does hasn't really held its value too much. I don't hmm. think it's like a very expensive game to buy. If you were interested in getting a cartridge of it, I'm pretty sure you can buy a cartridge for like twenty bucks. Um, and I feel like that was I kind honestly... of a short-lived system, though. That the the Game Boy Advance because they moved on super quick to the SP, and then you know then the DS after that. So maybe maybe that's contributing. Well, the Game Boy Advance and SP had the same like game library. It was that was more like a console revision, like a PlayStation Slim idea. Mm -hmm. So it still had the same games that were ac accessible to it. But yeah, I mean, I I think that it's it has something to do with them just being like either a game that is not often sought out. You know, I think mm. for some reason, pinball games kind of got like a bad rap as like, oh, mom, you didn't get me the new Mario game. You got me Mario pinball. <laughs> we have Mario I, I at home. Playing it on that that like flip top screen that's a square would suck as opposed to playing it on, you know, the, the plus the, the, the original so, like size I, I can one, see why I people would not like it based on that because it's a completely different finger dynamic. Right. Yeah, Ooh, I mean, completely different finger dynamic was my band in high school. <laughs> mouthfeel. <laughs> yeah, it's got a good mouthfeel to it. Oh, got a good mouthfeel is the name of my sex tape. <laughs> oh, okay. That's oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> mm -hmm. That checks out. Uh, it's I a great that game. Was your snuff film, but <laughs> Ooh. you know, I can never remember which is which. They all get. They yeah, all just, there's, film, I've done so many. Tape. At this point, I know you're prolific. Yeah, I've been meaning to talk to you about this. <laughs> Me talk about your. Oh, why do you do you got a job? You got something. Uh, we'll we'll, you we'll got talk. A, you got a production coming up? Okay, we'll talk. It's coming up. It's brought to you by Deadly. It's up and coming. Deadly Ground snuff films. Whoops, uh, that's not a thing. <clears throat> no, Don't look that thing. Zombie approved. <laughs> Kid tested. Zombie approved. Oh god, uh, we are losing all the new audience that we got. I, yeah, I love we, that coffee we, as kids. There wasn't any. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Coffee's kid tested. You know it because they're like, look here, here, Jimmy, try this. Um, so <laughs> that sounds awesome, though. That try this. It's black. Actually, it's really good. fun. It'll put air on your chest. Yeah. Yeah. Mario Pinball Land rules. Uh, so that game is uh, is the second one of the Nintendo trio, mm -hmm. and then the third one to round it out uh, is the only one that I actually own. And it's my personal favorite of the bunch, and that is Metroid Prime Pinball. So uh, Met good. Metroid Prime Pinball for the Nintendo DS was released in 2005, uh, also developed by Fuse, uh, which is cool. Uh, I was really, you know, excited to see that they had, you know, been kept on to develop a Nintendo pinball game. And I want to say that there was a third Nintendo pinball game that they were supposed to do after uh, pinball land and metroid and it just never came to be i don't remember what it was but pretty sure there's some like early alpha pictures of it but anyway it was fuse who helmed this one as well and my god this pinball game captures so much of metroid prime it's just crazy you know it's not like mario where you're like okay here's just a mario coat of paint and we're just kind of taking liberties like the levels are just sort of like 
generic stand-in levels. Metroid Prime Pinball is trying to take stuff one for one from Metroid Prime, and it does a fucking awesome job. Um, you play as Samus in the Morph Ball form. Uh, you are able to press the A button to drop Morph Ball bombs. Uh, this is useful because there are also lots of enemies that you will end up uh, fighting and encountering as you're playing pinball. Uh, you choose to start the game uh, in either the Pirate Frigate, which is the actual starting stage of Metroid Prime, or you can start in the Talon Overworld, which is the actual proper like jungle area of Talon 4 that most of the game takes place on. Um, each stage is unlike the other ones that we've talked about. Each stage is a legitimately well-crafted pinball table with tons of like loops and ramps and targets to aim for like they look like they could be a real machine there's no part of this that feels like oh it's like a simplified little space that you know is for a video game like the talon overworld and the pirate frigate they could just be real physical tables they are so great um there are a ton of different challenges that come about as you're playing the game. Primarily, like I said, there's ones where you have to defeat a certain number of enemies in a given time limit. Uh, they love alliteration. So there's the Shriek Bat Shootout. There's Space Pirate Panic, Metroid Mania. Uh, and, uh, and those are just a few of them. But uh, what's neat... The is... Ridley Rodeo. Oh, that's not one of them, but I like it. Uh, What's what's different about some of them is that when you activate some, you have to defeat certain ones just as the morph ball. But other ones, like Shriek Bat Shootout, you'll actually transform out of the morph ball and you'll become Samus and she'll just stand in place. And you use the shoulder buttons to aim her left and right as she's rapidly shooting. So that way you kind of get these little breaks from pinball. Oh, like Contra so, a little bit? Like level two of Contra where you see like from behind? Kind of. It's like you're <clears throat> still looking. Right. pinball table but she just the ball goes to the center of the table and it stands in place as she stands up and she'll just start rapid firing and you just have to aim her left and Love right it. and since it's on the nintendo ds you have to look at the top screen to see where the enemies are going to be coming at you from because by the time they're on the bottom screen they're so close they're probably going to hit you um so that's really fun. One of the levels has a wall jump minigame uh, where you have to carefully time uh, pressing L and R back and forth to wall jump up to the top. And uh, that's a total throwback to Super Metroid. Uh, Metroid Prime does not have wall jumping. That's not a thing. Right. So, like This is just a Super Metroid throwback, which is right. awesome. Um, every time you complete a challenge... I think, I think wall jumping back, with a first-person camera would probably not look cool. Yeah, I mean, I think you would you would throw up. It would just like boff, 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 boff. Right. Like you're just smacking your face into the wall. And when Did you, you jump to... in perfect dark? I don't remember that. <laughs> what was that? Could you jump in perfect dark? That was first person. Know. I don't remember I if didn't... they had jumping. Because I know in GoldenEye, they didn't really have jumping. Well, Metroid Prime has tons of jumping. Um, mm. And you even get the screw attack. There's just no wall jumping. Mm. Um Metroid Prime has a lot of platforming in it. And when you get the screw attack, if you do a double jump action, it essentially zooms the camera out and it becomes third person while you're doing the screw attack from Metroid. Um, but I I don't think there was wall jumping. Maybe I'm wrong, but it wasn't something that you had to do most often. I'm going to call it a Super Metroid throwback because I think that's really what they're going for here. Fun. Um, I like super that. fun. Each challenge that you clear gives you an artifact. You're trying to clear... Uh, 12 of them. You're trying to get 12 artifacts in order to, like, quote-unquote beat the game. Um, as you're playing long enough, you activate a stage transfer 
um, the stage transfer can bring you to two other levels or the other starting stage. So the two other levels are Fendrana Drifts or the Phazon Mines, both of which are from the game. Uh, both of these act as two-tiered like mini tables with a boss fight. They do have ramps and loops and bumpers and all that kind of stuff, but as soon as you drop into the level, there is an item to collect, which is an upgrade item. One of the levels gives you the um, missiles, which helps to clear out any of the uh, enemy missions where you're where you're actually Samus shooting. You can now mm -hmm. shoot missiles, which helps to kill things faster. Or the other level gives you the um, power bombs, which gives you when you're the morph ball, you can do a power bomb and it just hits everything on screen, uh, which is crazy useful. Uh, and once you get those upgrade items, it then activates a boss fight. You do the boss fight in each each level, and you get an artifact. Once you collect 12 artifacts, you go to the artifact temple to fight Meta Ridley. And you fight Meta Ridley. Big, big moment from the game. At the Meta Ridley rodeo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeehaw! Yeehaw, right? I think it's out. pronounced rodeo. Uh, rodeo. Rodeo. Get along, little crady. Hmm. <laughs> That's that's not accurate, but good. No, it's good. I, I'm I like it. I'm glad. Uh, you know, I'm glad I'm wrong on this. It's fine. Good. I'm happy. Yeah, no. I'm happy shit, right? that they didn't do anything that cringe. Yeah, me too. Uh, L. L. Anyway, but moving on. I'm almost done here. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, Meta Ridley, six ball, multi ball challenge. If you beat Meta Ridley, then you go to the final level, which is the impact crater, and you have to face off against Metroid Prime. Uh, that's a lot of fucking game. That is a lot of pinball. And yeah. you have to do this in three balls. Or, I mean, you, there's lots of ways to earn extra balls. If you've done challenges that gave you an artifact, traditionally, if you complete it a second time, you will get an extra ball. Um, but uh, it's it's really challenging. And um, there's also another thing I've never gotten to do, but there's a multiplayer mode to the game that has a unique table. Uh, it's called Magmore Caverns, which is another of the levels from Prime. And it's just a like you know race to see who can get the highest score or reach a target score the fastest. And you can play it with like up to I think four people with just one game cartridge. So if you're if you have three friends with the Nintendo DS, you just do the share play thing. And as long as one person has the cartridge, you guys can all do the Metroid Prime pinball hmm. multiplayer, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. They would never allow that now. Yeah. I know the DS was amazing. <laughs> That system had so much going for it, man. And it really is just so fun. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible. I played it a couple days ago, in, you know, in advance of this episode and had a shitload of fun. It's so good. And I just feel like it just never gets talked about at all. And it's a shame because, man, it's, it's admirable. It's really, it's an amazing, amazing adaptation of Prime into a pinball game. It's like so good. But uh, whatever, you know, I'm here to talk about it because nice. Him and I appreciate it. So yeah, that's the uh, that's the end of my my trio there. Epic um, Nintendo characters not made by Nintendo. Right, trio. Nintendo Nintendo uh, pinball trio there. Nice, but hey, you know, pretty cool shit. So Epic stuff. moving moving right on from there, we will go to Parasite Steve with because we're fun pick. and fancy free. Fancy free. We're, we're moving right along. Dig, dig, All right. Dig, dig. Okay, hi ho. My uh, my first pick of the episode. Hmm? 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 
I won't do it as Kermit. Uh, my first Good. pick <laughs> of the episode is uh, going to be uh, Epic Pinball. This is this is Super a epic. series of games that were very popular in the early to mid '90s. Uh, more popular than I think you realize, but I got a factoid to cover that. So let's go. Uh, let's do all the. Let's do all the. The bookkeeping up front. It's uh, developed by Digital Extremes, oh, published by Epic Mega Games for the MS DOS, and it was released November '93. So this was a uh, this was in the early days of DOS, like kind of being awesome still. I mean, I don't know. Of, of Kirby's pinball. Yeah, '93. <laughs> Um, so these actually came out in packs of four, three packs of four tables each. And, uh, I'm going to tell you how I discovered them right now. I happened to be at an electronics boutique and they had, you know, cheap CD-ROM games in the MS, MS DOS section, the windows section. And, um, I don't know. There was just this, it was a single table and it happened to be cyber girl. And I didn't know what Epic Pinball was. I didn't know what Cyber Girl was. Had this really cool comic booky looking chick, and she was like, you know, you know, steampunky, sci-fi looking character. And she's in this really cool sci-fi pinball table. I remember it being very cheap and uh, probably five dollars, honestly. And um, and I I picked it up. So. Later, they started releasing some of the games as single tables, and I was so I was catching it late on the curve. Um, so I was like, I, I took home Cyber Girl, and I'm like, holy crap, this game is amazing! It's really not that amazing, but it's a single table, single screen, I should say. Um, so like you were talking about tables in those other games that had like two or three screens right so as you go higher it'll scroll to a new screen and a new screen after that but this was just a single screen table and all of the epic pinball tables are such um and um i don't know it played like so well and the the sound effects were great and like it was very responsive the physics were decent and you know i i was never that big into video pinball this was a really random buy for me but i really loved this game and i remember that i played it a lot with uh our our original fourth host boss rush mode now known as synopsis grim and uh he was he we we loved this game we like trade it off we yeah. try to beat each other's scores I remember we liked it so much because we just played on the keyboard and there was a there was a point where I would like I remember having this one day where I was like, hey, let's try like standing up and playing. Let's put it. Let's put the keyboard on the back of the chair. Let's make it feel as real as possible and like feel it. <laughs> make it feel as real as possible. And we tried that for a while just, just to like extend the fun because we just loved it so freaking much. So there was in within the game itself, there was basically an advertisement for how you got more tables and back then um so i said cd-rom i bet it was not on the cd-rom there's no way this was on a cd-rom this was a floppy disk these are yeah. floppies for sure yep. i know i said the wrong thing there were three and a three and a half inch floppies for sure and so they're like oh you can you can order the the rest of the tables i think it was like ten dollars or something i mean it was like not expensive at all and we had to send away for it. And sure as shit, 
I got in. Um, I do believe this was a CD-ROM, and it was all of the tables, and there are eight. So originally, they were released in packs, one pack one, pack two, pack three. So pack one had the tables Android, Pot of Gold, Excalibur, and Crash and Burn. Android was a, a really good one. It was also the cover of the CD-ROM. It was this blue Android and a yellow table, and... Um, you're just trying to bring them back to life. And I, I remember it was one of the tables I went back to a lot of times because I liked the, I always like when there's a goal to try to yeah. reach like things you're trying to light up with certain ramps and certain targets and certain things that you're like, okay. And, and you really kind of get it. And, and with this one, you were trying to wake him up. You were trying to hook up the Android and give him power. So he would wake up. And I, I thought that was really just fun. And uh, I was never able to do it, honestly. But Android was a good one. Pot of Gold, I never really played. Um, I don't think I liked it very much. I think it was just a <clears throat> like a leprechaun-themed sort of table. I didn't think it was very, very great. Uh, Excalibur yeah. was uh, like knights in sword and sorcery. Not sorcery, just really just medieval knights. Crash mm -hmm. and Burn was a uh, like Formula One-themed um, table. Um, pack 2 included Magic. Which sounds cool, but then you realize it's stage magic, and it's just not that cool. So it's like cards and a rabbit jumping out of a hat or some bullshit. Uh, then there was Jungle <laughs> Pinball, which I actually thought was really cool. Um, and uh, that, I know, was a reference to... They had a game, I think, I think I could be wrong, I think it was called Jill of the Jungle that Epic Mega oh, Games yeah. had created. Yep. And um, this was actually a Jill of the Jungle table, but it was just called Jungle Pinball. They didn't use the name. So if you got the reference, you got it. If you didn't, it didn't matter. Then there was one called Deep Sea, and it had like all these like sharks and different sea creatures. That was a really cool one. Uh, and then there was Enigma. And Enigma, I will talk about uh, a little bit more later. It was the most different of any video pinball game I've ever played in my entire life. And it, it was the one I played the most after so Cyber cool. Girl. Mm -hmm. um pack three was actually what cyber girl was from and cyber for some reason is spelled with a oh yeah i was looking at that and i looked at cyber. the artwork, and i was like do you guys remember lawnmower man with cybo man <laughs> right right it's like cybo she's, girl. she's the girlfriend she's the, yeah yeah she's right. the monkey's girlfriend yeah <laughs> um so there's cyber girl pangea which is dinosaurs and stuff and that was a really fun one space journey obviously self-explanatory and toy factory uh basically like a babes in toyland looking table and uh not super interesting to me so i think my overall favorites were definitely the original cyber girl i'm sure because it was the first but also um i do think it was a really good table and it just really played well and the the ramps were really fun to to use and to get you know to actually you know sometimes there's like cool stuff on a table that's so incredibly hard to even you know even in real pinball so if it's too right. hard to get to or to get it to work it stops being fun like it, there's got a, a table a good table's got to have flow and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't and you know it could be a it could be a great table in all other ways but if it doesn't have that flow it sort of is not fun so right I think I think it's subjective, obviously, but like for 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 me, Cybergirl was just really fun. And then there was uh, Enigma. So Enigma was literally a blank table that had a bunch of weird loop-de-loop -loop ramps at the very top, nothing at all in the middle, and the background was just constantly like 
like it looked like moving clouds and magma sort of and it would change color it started started out like orange and then it turned purple and basically you didn't know what you you didn't know what to do there was nothing to hit you're like what what do i even do why why would this be fun and it ended up being so incredibly fun because you would you would get certain ramps in certain orders and you'd learn what to do and then it would like go to the next stage and you the color of the background would change and and then you could make things appear in this just vast empty space by doing the right the right things the right things in the right order and it was just the most unique of any video pinball game i've ever played um i really loved it enigma just totally weird very very yeah different. i loved that table it was so cool to look at it just looked like nothing else yeah yeah it it was it was really unique and uh it was definitely one that i was like oh my god they didn't even try with this the first time i booted it up i'm like this is just so dumb why why would this be fun and it ended up being like my favorite because it was the it was the the sense of like level one level two level three you know, there's actually, it's not just the score. There's progressing different other things. And that is also why I liked Android too. Um, with, uh, with Cybergirl, I know you could, um, you could activate her like different, like systems. You were trying to get her systems online kind of thing, like her cybernetic implants and her, you know, CPU yep. and whatever her cybernetic implants. I just got that joke. Oh. Yeah, that, that's from 1993 folks. I just got it. I just got oh, it. Oh yeah. People were probably so anyway, so I will just uh, rattle off some factoids. Um, so, so yeah, jungle. Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm just kind of realizing I just already said some of the stuff. Um, so, epic pinball. So it was a humongous, humongous success. Like you would not freaking believe. Like this was a game I had never heard of. And I found way after the fact, because I, like I said, I found it when it was just Cybergirl being sold by itself yep. and it was probably $5. So you're like, how can this, how can this be like, how big of a success was this? It didn't, it didn't get ported to like a billion things or anything. And uh, okay. So it was such a success for its creators whose internal figures placed it as the third best selling shareware product of all time. Talk about a freaking blast from the past term shareware like this was like not software not not a thing anymore software that you were encouraged to pass around and share and like you know the idea was that you know there's an it's it's one table i got Cybergirl. like i did pay for it but then but i paid a very low amount and you're encouraged to share it so then all my friends could have downloaded to their computer too legally no problem because every version comes with an ad for the full the full pack and that's what they really want they want you to spend maybe it was twenty dollars maybe i'm wrong maybe the whole thing was 20 or something it wasn't much though the the entire you know pack of 12 tables definitely worth it whatever it was um and that's the idea you're like they're giving you the first hit for free or for cheap and then you know you're addicted so you know you you, you pass it around to all your friends and everybody's got the got the shakes but um <laughs> so so third best selling shareware product of all time designer james schmaltz schmaltz like this is words uh said in 1999 quote epic pinball you guys aren't going to believe this epic pinball was way more successful than anyone imagined it could be i went from earning twelve hundred dollars a month to earning at times almost a hundred times that what the fuck 
According to Epic's Tim Sweeney, it was the publisher's top-selling shareware game ever, and Schmalz earned... <laughs> His name is Schmalz. Like how... Schmalz... Not not Schmales, like Rob Schmales, our Rob friend, Schmales. but this is Schmalz, earned more than a million dollars from the shareware royalties in its first year alone. Wow. Ultimately, <laughs> the game sold more than 200,000 copies. Damn. So, I mean, it's just like this weird suite of games that is essentially f- not celebrated. It's not really remembered much, I don't think. And uh, and it was actually very, very successful. There were 12 tables in the in the suite, and it they were fun, man. I mean, they were all simple. They were all just one screen high. Um, and uh, the graphics were really cool. They're all handmade. They had they had a very distinct look to them, um, and uh, yeah, good stuff. So, epic pinball. Oh hell yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's and I I looked up the picture of Cybo Girl and all that. It's pretty cool artwork and all that. Hmm. It seems to fit in with that early '90s aesthetic of like Ghost oh yeah, and yep. oh my god, she you. is so yeah. '90s. Oh yeah, man, like it's, it's pretty crazy. It's like oh okay, yeah, a crop top that makes sense, right? Like, did, what are you, did Rob Liefeld design this yeah. character? No, right. she is. So <laughs> super cool. I mean, I mean, cybernetic implants is kind of a Rob Liefeld move. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, or or your wills portrayal like felt with interview. like you know, um, like wet works and stuff from your image yeah. comics. But yeah. I mean, there's also like a sweet spot in time, you know, where it's like, okay, cyberpunk is a thing. You're going that. Mm-hmm. You're pre-internet age, so it's like, what do you have going on contemporarily? It's like, all right, you're getting this shareware stuff pre-internet. Maybe it's like AOL. You've got like hours that you got on like a disc or something like that. Maybe that's what's going on mm-hmm. at that point. But right. man, it's could that happen today i don't know no, like it it, yeah. it just it seems like that's the sweet spot where this hit and then after that people have already moved on right right and i didn't even know other people that knew what epic pinball was i never saw it in stores generally um i do remember one time going to a computer show of some kind that i went to with my dad and i did find a f- uh floppy that had the the android on it and so i just was like oh my god it's epic pinball it's the android i'm gonna grab it it was cheap and uh that must have been pack one because i remembered that i already had all the tables that were on it but i sort of Uh. was just like i was a little bummed but it was like it's okay whatever it was so cheap and and I just, right. I just love this freaking product anyway. I sort of just didn't mind, but I remember right. having I'll that. Buy uh, it again. I'll support yeah, it. Yeah, I remember having that, uh, that floppy, but um, w- like with the Android sticker on it, it looked very handmade. But um, yeah, just, just crazy. It's like my God, you know, you made li- literally millions of dollars off this series of uh, pinball tables. They came out with just in a very short amount of time. Because either that or you're playing solitaire minesweeper. So right, this yeah, is right. More fun. Totally. And uh, I mean, if any of you are interested to get uh, your hands on some epic pinball, it is available currently in a modern format uh, on goodoldgames.com, uh, gog.com. You can get the entire epic pinball complete collection for six whole dollars. Wow. And, uh, 
It's got all 12 tables. It, um, it says that it has all three Epic Pinball sets that were initially sold, plus a bonus table, which I am not sure which one is the bonus table. Nice. But I had uh, learned about this a few years ago, and it's still available. And I lost my, my cool. I didn't lose my shit, but I lost my cool. And I was like, <laughs> damn, I need to own this stat. You lost uh, your cool. My cool. Cool. And uh, and I I you know you you guys know me Coop you you'll you'll learn that I always have to shout out video game music it's just my thing I mean you know I I, I made yeah, tunes for your true. podcast right yeah I, I was just thinking I'm like I know it well <laughs> right you 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 are you know you are a firsthand recipient of it so you know just buckle up get used to I'm gonna do this a lot uh, Robert Allen uh, video game producer and designer at Epic Mega Games also composer there. The music in Epic Pinball kicks so much ass, it's stupid. And like the the menu theme was so good that I got a hand-me-down compact Presario from Steve. And I could only basically play like whatever games. It wasn't connected to the internet. I used it to play my humongous entertainment games and uh, emulators for <laughs> NES and random, random, you know, whatever. Like Puppet Saves Azu. Like Puppet Saves Azu and uh, Freddy Fish and Pajama Sam. But I also played Epic Pinball on it because it did have a floppy drive. And I used to just leave the menu music going. Like I would just boot the game up and just leave it on the menu. That's such a Tim move right it's there. Such a fucking jam. Such a Tim Bone jam. Storm. <laughs> Dude, it's so ridiculous. Like, oh man. Oh, so man. yeah, I, Robert so. Robert Allen, incredible soundtrack. Um, easy to find the songs on YouTube. Um, specific shout outs. Me personally, it's the menu theme. It's the Cyber Girl. Um, it's uh, Crash and Burn, and then also the uh, the Jungle one were specifically really good ones. But uh, yeah, so fucking cool. And then I wanted I wanted to have a quick caveat before I hand it over to you, Justin. Uh, so we're t- talking about um, about shareware, right? I just learned a really interesting uh, factoid about. Um, a ridiculously popular game that would never have become so big if not for shareware, and that is Doom. Oh yeah, original, all right. Original mm-hmm. Doom when it came out at retail did not sell super well, and uh, John Carmack uh, had made a shareware version of the game that just contained the first 10 levels. I guess the game had like 30 levels at retail. That is so interesting. That is how I discovered Wolfenstein. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because this way. So clearly had a penchant for doing it in the past, but made a shareware version of Doom that had the 10 levels and uploaded it to the download, to like the FTP server at the University of Wisconsin-Madison in 1993. And all the college students just downloaded it for free and lost their minds and were like oh my god doom is amazing and then it just spread like wildfire and people had to go out and buy the game and it was like that is why doom became a phenomenon not because it was great when it sold at retail at first it's because of the friggin shareware version yeah so people should maybe do shareware again yeah right well you know like that's not a bad idea yeah i mean it's kind of like downloading a demo of something you know sort of But yeah, I I remember the exact, I had the exact experience and it was a shareware uh, disc that just had various things on it. And one of the thing, you know, there was some games and one of them was this game called Wolfenstein 3D. And I had never heard of it. 
and I was I was utterly blown away because like the thing about those games, like going back to them even today, sure the graphics are bad, but damn are they buttery smooth. It they doesn't matter. 60 FPS, yeah. They, they are, are so goddamn smooth. They still feel good to play. Or just that to walk around. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Simpsons, so Doom, fun. and Hexen were, were mine. Yeah, Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Hexen yeah, was the sequel Hexen. to Heretic, right? No, no, no. Oh, Hexen is the sequel to one I of them. I wanted to say Descent, but I don't know if that's true. Oh. Hexen has, like, magic. Like, you have, like, a, you have, like, a staff, right? Heretic, maybe? I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, I think I think it's Heretic, then Hexen, I think, are yeah. the two. Yeah, really cool. Really, really cool. Um, But, yeah, it just they just played so well, and then everything... Everything followed sweet, but that's interesting. I also had like it was probably a ten level game or something like that, and I remember yep. beating it and being like, "Oh my god, this game is like amazingly fun!" Right? Was yeah. there a boss at the end of the tenth level, or was it yeah. just you? I don't. I don't know now. Yeah, I don't know. it's been too long. Yeah, I don't know that I got that far. <laughs> I think the tenth level of Doom, because I remember I had this shareware version later, and I think you fought like the Cyber Demon. And uh, or no, you fought like a an the caca. No, it was the the one that's got like the chain gun on his arm. I think that's the cyber demon. Whoa! Um, probably sounds like that. I thought that was the last guy, and it's like no, that's just the last. That's just the boss of level ten. That's but just like, an that's enemy. Where my bro. game ended. So there's twenty more levels beyond that. But anyway, neither here nor there. Not pinball, but shareware. Pretty uh, pretty cool thing. Yeah. When does Ice uh, Cube but... show up? <laughs> I don't know. When does Ice Cube show up? <laughs> He's always he's always been here. <laughs> he's always been with <laughs> He's providing he's the crazy. same great value as he always has. <laughs> <laughs> he's chilling. Villainously. My All right, Mr. Cooper. Now that we're chilling with you, talk to all us right, about your, right. your pinball pick. My pinball pick is uh, Zen Pinball, which is a series of pinball machine video games for both iOS and PlayStation 3 developed by Zen Studios. The iOS releases are two separate av- uh, applications, each containing one table. Uh, Zen Pinball Roller Coaster and Zen Pinball Inferno. Um, I had, I want to say, the iOS version a little bit later um, than 2008. So maybe when, probably 2010, something like that. And the mm-hmm. table that I started out with was uh, the Infinity Gauntlet for Marvel, which was kind of oh, crazy. nice. Nice. So it was it was one of those things where you can get add-ons and PS3 had them and iOS had it. It's like, oh, you can get this for $1.99. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't I do that? You know, and it, it was kind of interesting. I know me. Yeah, I, I know that. Me. I'm going to do this. I'm a guy like me. <laughs> it, it was fun because the animations that you have would be similar to something, you know, like, oh, this this would be like a molded plastic piece or anything, but they're moving. So it's like, oh, you see Magneto and he's like blasting thanos or anything there were like some not that magneto was in this one i think that was in the x-men board but you know it'd be cool because you'd see like the hulk like like crushing a boulder or something on thanos and you know um, and then it's like oh you've got spider-man swinging by the screen and oh the multi-ball is really like uh mr fantastic like throwing stuff with his arms and it had really great animations to it Mm, and nice. I mean, they've done, they have done like hundreds of stuff. So, so my, my second pick uh, I'll, I'll tell you about another table, but I mean, in, in terms of like, like playing it, the interesting thing that I noticed about this is when you play video game pinball, as opposed to playing an actual pinball in person, 
it's vertical. It's all 100% vertical and you're looking at it with a different perspective. Mm, so true. as opposed to like watching it come towards you, you can anticipate and all that. It's, it's challenging. So yeah, for, for someone like myself, it's like, I'm not great at video games. Like, like you guys are probably really good experts and all that. And you beat stuff on, on boss rush mode and such, you know, uh, not, not I, too often. I, I ain't ashamed <laughs> to say I play games on normal to easy. Oh yeah, yeah. I well, I'm, I'm a normal, normal player. guy. Yeah, I'm I, a normal guy. I, I you know, look, I'll play, I'll play easy if, if you know, I can, if it's something that I've just not good at. But nor, I want to kick it off on normal. But yeah. th- this is a challenging pinball game, and playing it on an iPad and all that, it was, it was like, all right, touch screen, so you're hitting the flippers and all that, and sending it through. And the sound was really good on it. It, it had great graphics for the time for um, iPad, iPad two, I think, second generation. It was it was pretty cool, and I mean this is this is a huge thing that's even today. I think it's um, now they've changed their name, and it's still Zen Studios and all that. But I think it's Pinball FX. So let me see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's that's uh, what I have. I think on my Switch. Yeah. So so now since since two thousand eight, they've made some upgrades and all that. I mean, let's see. Uh, well received by the critics, and I mean, there, there's just so much. Let me see if I got another factoid here. Um, I mean, they give us gamer rankings, 80.12%. That's pretty good, you know, in mm. terms of like fan recognition and all that. It's a simple, it's a simple idea. And I think where they really excel is they can put any skin on it from anything. Yeah, and, right. um, you know, you, you can play whatever you want on it. I enjoyed that game. I don't have much to say about it because I, I it's not like, like you guys, I didn't, I didn't play it a lot. Right, um, that, but, that's cool. You know, it was fun. <laughs> that's yeah, a great I mean, pick. The the pinball effects on uh, the Switch is, I mean, obviously whatever other systems it's on, but I have it on the Switch, and uh, it comes with three free tables. It comes with Wild West, Rampage, Fish Tales, and Sorcerer's Lair. Um, so you know, you can just download it for free and just see, you know, how the pinball actually feels. And uh, it's it's really neat because they have a lot of original tables that are just created, you know, for this digital platform. They've never been physical uh, pinball tables, but they also did manage to get like the license to do a lot of Williams pinball machines and the Williams pinball machines play differently um, because there's something that's called like the Williams pinball physics. And apparently you know it's some kind of you know patented thing that williams helped to develop to give the ball extra weight and everything and it is significant it honestly feels awesome you can you can toggle it on or off you can choose you know if you want to play with the pinball effects physics or the williams one and the williams one feels so awesome it really is like weighted in a way that feels like playing a real pinball machine more than most video pinball games mm. feel yeah you, um, you never really get that feeling they're always floaty yeah they're always yeah. like they fly they launch really be- you know really fast and they don't seem like they have that kind of sense of momentum to it um but man they really nailed it and uh and fishtails is uh is again it's one of the free ones but that's also a uh, williams uh, pinball machine one of their best sellers weirdly um but they also have a bunch of other ones and um medieval uh oh jesus the one with the castle that you can destroy. Medieval Jesus. That sounds medieval great. Madness. Medieval Mad. I was like thinking Mayhem, Mania. Yeah, Medieval Madness, medieval um, madness. is is on uh, there, and that's a really great one. And yeah, I highly recommend if you do want to spend, you know, three or four dollars to pick up one of the Williams table packs on there. 
Um, they're great. It is, that's it really, is a really cool thing. That's really, really interesting. And I mean, you know, think about it. It's it's kind of like what, what Justin was saying, where, you know, a video pinball, you're looking at it from a totally different angle. You're looking at it straight down generally instead of, you know, you know, at this angle. And the way real pinball is, it's like, well, the ball picks up momentum as it gets closer to the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it goes faster because it's a ramp. The whole table is one big ramp. You never get that with video pinball. They never bother programming that. You're, right. you're, you know, there's never extra gravity the lower you are. Or if you're falling from a great distance or something like that. So I, I can imagine there's really room to make it feel more real, like big time. Yep. That's really we interesting. About Bill Nye and Inertia earlier, you know. We did. <laughs> right. We, we did. did talk about Who knew that, that would be relevant? <laughs> I know, honestly. <laughs> Uh, and and part of the fun for me too is like when we've been able to go to Pintastic and stuff, um, which is the local pinball expo. Uh, having seen Williams pinball machines in pinball effects, it's really extra fun because I try to look for them in person. Mm. Uh, and I mean, you know, they made so goddamn many over the decades that like there's been just tons that i've seen in person that i've never seen a digital version of and vice versa and i'm like i have played you know these four or five different ones and they're all williams you know classic ones um and i've never seen them in person you know and it might be right right might be just because they're like real collectible people don't want to bring them out um but i i really got a lot of value out of out of the zen pinball pinball effects uh stuff getting to play real historical recreations of these Williams pinball machines. That's like really cool. it's so fun that they, they can do that and have like that extra physics Nate. layer to it. Well, I have a, uh, a Williams game for my Octoponder answer, which I will not reveal right now, mm. but we will have to talk later. Cause now I'm, I'm curious if it's, if it's one of them and you're going to have to tell me if you happen to know, because okay. uh, it's a Williams and Williams uh, if you guys know anything about pinball, you know Williams is one of the main top two greatest developers big, big. of pinball. Yep. It's like yep. Bally Williams and um, what's the other big one? Not well, sh- yeah. Gottlieb is the Gottlieb's one that the we, one we don't like. We yeah. see a lot that's not that great. They have a couple of gems, but like not many. Yeah, Bally's not, kick not... ass, Williams kick ass, and then Bally Williams when they combine. Bally Williams when they combine, yeah, awesome. so great, yeah. And I think but... I think Midway maybe had some. Yeah, football. Midway made made some good um, stuff too for sure. And obviously yeah. now it's uh, creator of Gunlet Stern. Stern, yeah. Stern is become. I mean, Stern's oh, Stern. been around Stern forever. Is... Yeah, yeah, right. How could I not? I mean, that? Stern's Stern. been around forever. They 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 did the original uh, Black Knight, and now they've done yeah. all all of the black all i mean right kinds of awesome modern ones yeah uh, and Godzilla's now they have all the yeah Jurassic godzilla Park, ninja turtles the, the, yeah that, that's the, the one i was thinking of because if you look up like pinball for anything they're like stern pinball you can get you know seventeen thousand dollars for you yeah they are no. they are the new sexy they are the current leaders uh in that industry for sure and they are really like pushing the envelope as far as like the the screen goes like there's so much of the game is now on the screen, which I don't actually really like. I like keeping it on. Yeah. The, I like keeping my I eyes like on the table. To look at the play field. But also they they have like, you know, they want people to be able to connect their scores to the Internet. And like, yep. you know, you create the a phone has achievements that like right. reflect in the you game. Have achievements, you have a profile, you have, you know, leaderboards that are online so you can play on a real machine and connect your online account and keep track of your scores and stuff like that. And that is pretty fun. Mm. Um, yep. 
but just they're they're great. Rank, they're so great. so instead of just putting a s s and you know and then the next person comes in right makes right. it up you could be like see you could see here my score be like yeah i'm a s s okay yeah. andrew sylvester smith That's yeah there you okay all right, right. <laughs> um yeah i i, I like what Stern's doing think that through I wish that Bally and Williams were still as much in the conversation, but obviously it's, it seems like it's pretty much just turning them like independent stuff, like the people who made the weird Al pinball machine. Sure. Um, yep. And, and that's awesome that there's so many small companies like that doing it. I mean, what a niche industry to be getting into and yeah. good for you for doing it. Uh, it and definitely keeps things fun. It, it, it's great. And I, I love when a random company tries and, you know, sometimes yeah. makes a gen. One of my favorite tables of all time is uh, by data East. I mean, they just randomly made a few pinball tables in the right. in the nineties. Yeah, and they made uh, they made the Phantom of the Opera table, which is one of my favorite pinballs ever. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's it's and the I I don't even remember the company. So you, you mentioned the Weird Al, but there's also the Ultraman uh, yep. that was also made by a random ass company. Um, but anyway, yeah, fun fun stuff. So it's cool that there are certain like real tables that are migrating out over onto uh, yeah onto Zen yeah. Pinballer. That that was a Yep, Pinball Effects Three FX3, um, is, is okay. the current platform. Uh, yeah, speaking of Data East, they did the very original '90s uh, TMNT pinball machine that we've still oh, never sure. gotten to we've... play. We've seen it, and we've wanted to play it. I mean, at least I haven't. I, I always see it; and it's like turned off, or it's like Ask Vendor or some. I, I feel like I played it, but I I know the one. Yeah, it's it's like yeah, very much the original green. cartoon. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's all green. But that the new one is. The new one's pretty great. I mean, it's oh, yeah. definitely. I mean, Godzilla, I, I prefer, but uh, sure, they're they're doing good. They're doing good stuff over they're at Stern doing, for they're sure. They're doing amazing stuff. Yeah, so lots of fun, fun pinball art by things. Zombie Yeti. Oh, so good, dude. <laughs> he's Zombie he is Yeti's the best. Zombie yeah, Yeti his colors rules. like so awesome. He's like he must yeah. be like a tattoo artist or something. He, he has, like, yeah, he looks look. that way. I know. Yeah. yeah, all the art looks the same, but he's yeah. He's, I mean, I'm just I mean, excited it, because I did not even know there was a Weird Al pinball, and it makes perfect sense. And I'm just wondering, is there Harvey the Wonder Hamster anywhere in this? Yeah. <clears throat> it's got to be. Yeah, it's I'm be. pretty yeah, sure I mean, he's like the multi-ball. I mean, the multi-ball's Harvey. <laughs> like, the way that the game works is that every song is like a different table. And like Steve said, like so many of the games, they have like a screen that's up above that like tries to distract you. And there's so much you got to look at. The actual play field is the screen. So when you switch to a different table, it like updates the, you know, the touchscreen, iPad, whatever it is that's in the, in the play field. So that way, as you're looking at the ball, you can see everything that's on the screen that's changing. And yeah, I'm pretty sure that Harvey, I, I only got to play it for a little bit, but he was definitely there. It's, it's it was a so massive, good. massive line There's where, so where we were. There's so much references in there, but yeah, there was yeah. only one machine and the people there were the people who made it and they only had one there hoping that people would, you know, buy them. But my God, you want to talk an yeah. expensive pinball. So essentially it's a video real pinball. Like mm -hmm. it's not, yeah. it's all simulated. It's really? Real, oh, that's crazy. It's, it's a it's real just, pinball with like ramps and shit. But then right. like most of the differences in the levels are like on, on an iPad thing. That's like yeah. huge and changes everything. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's very different. I, I don't love it as a like general direction, but if thumb, it's, but... if it's an oddity, then it's, yeah. it's amazing. It's cool. If it, it's really great. But yeah. anyway, those are real pinball. Tables. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's um, you know, if we're all good, uh, let's yeah. move on into the the octoponder. So, um, we are going to segue here as we do. 
uh, and we are going to octoponder this. And I will ask you this question. We'll go on a little break and we'll come right back. Uh, so I posted today uh, into the Facebook group and octoponder this. Uh, and it was, if you could take any one real life pinball table and turn it into a video game that you could play any time, which would you choose? Uh, and I also asked as a bonus because I just wanted to know what pinball video games were your faves to play. Uh, so you'll have some time to think about that. And we'll go on a short break and come back and talk our thoughts and your thoughts and everyone's thoughts. And it'll be a grand old time. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Hey, kids. It's time to check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. With over 30 podcasts that encompass everything from horror to video games to comic books and so much more, you're bound to find the shows for your taste. Whether it be Nerds of Unusual Origin, That Strange Show, Retro Red Octopus, Splash Pages, Throwdown Thursday, The Horror Squad, Still Token with, my god man, I can't read all of these. So just feel free to play and experiment with the Dorkening Podcast Network. There are over 30 shows chock full of nerdy goodness to sink your ears into. And they're all available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast, it's the greatest show in history, from the Dorkening Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Do you like gaming? You know, this game would be better if it was a battle royale. Do you like technology? I bet this tech would work better if it was a battle royale. Do you like movies, TV shows, and everything else that me and Nate can't agree on? The Last Jedi was easily the best Star Wars film I have ever seen. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Everybody in this room is stupid now because of you. Talking Gaming and Tech is a bi-weekly podcast where we cover the latest and greatest in gaming and tech. Now part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. Talking Gaming and Tech is a podcast produced by Tech Prime Media. You can find us on YouTube and all their social media platforms. You can find Talking Gaming and Tech on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts from. This podcast is filmed live. If you want to check us out while we're filming live, remember to follow links on social media and your comment might be read on air. Uh, hi everyone, this is Frank Conniff, TV's Frank from Mystery Science Theater, and also the Mads are back, and you are listening to Retro Redoctopus. Um, wow, that sounds dirty, but uh, okay. The worst we can find. Hey, are you ready to do some bacon? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. All right, welcome back aboard, everybody. Before we took a break, I asked for all of you to octoponder this. If you could take any one real-life pinball table and turn it into a video game you could play any old time, which one would you choose? Um, okay, 
So I guess I'll go. How do you want to do this? How do you want to do this? So we'll start with this part. The bonus thing we'll we'll deal afterwards. Um, so if I could take any pinball machine, I honestly keep going back to the Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone pinball machine has so much going on, and there's so many cool different layers to it. And every time I get to play it, I feel like I don't get to play it long enough. And I want to like do all the missions and do all the things and see all the cool shit that's in there. Um, and I would love to have that as a game, as a video game version. I would love so many from that era to be made into a video game. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Twilight Zone one because it's incredible. Nice. Um, all right, Parasite Steven, your turn. So here is my answer I alluded to earlier. So uh, by Williams, uh, the table is, it's a weirdo, obscure one that I only got to play one day in my entire life because I never, ever see it ever. No one ever has this. I loved this game so much. It is Grand Lizard is what it's called. Grand Lizard. It's basically the coolest, most random, like, just stuff mashed together for a theme they're like okay we're gonna have it's gonna be dark fantasy like sword and sorcery conan looking fantasy super realistic drawings and there's gonna be two classes of characters we're gonna have like evil reptilian overlords and there's gonna be one of those that is the grand lizard and he's a big evil sorcerer looking guy, but they also have a second class of servants, subservient slaves. I don't know. They're, they're all mandrills. They're yeah. like the baboons with the red and blue faces. Like it's like the most jungle Conan, like, but all temple, this? there's all like temple motif and, and like fiery dark magic, like pyres and, and, and stuff on the dais. And I don't know. There's like all <laughs> sorts of, it's like, the most random thing and i love this game it has like a second um set of flippers up top which <clears throat> a lot of the older games you know not a lot yeah, of them not, had not common. um this was like a mid 80s game but um i love grand lizard so much and i would love to see it redone so that all the amazing artwork and it is amazing mm. um could come to life and we could yeah. see these like reptilian folk, these lizard folk, and their uh, their poor subservient mandrels, um, you know, just doing stuff on on the table. And uh, I think it would be awesome. This is a really great this game if you if you so ever find the yeah if you like ever find this table something. Yes, yes, it would. But if you ever find this table, Grand Lizard by Williams, it's 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 as far as I am concerned, it is super rare. I've literally seen it one time. At yep. Pintastic, at the at the con that we went to, only once, and we've been to a decent amount of like barcades since. And uh, there's also electromagnetic pinball in Rhode Island, which is a yep. really really great place that oh, you can go, so and they have a million tables. No Grand Lizard, I've never seen it again. So anyway, that's my pick. That's a great pick. Uh, and I actually am noticing that there's two different back glasses for the game. Uh, hmm. You guys won't be able to see it, but I am posting it to our internal chat. Uh, but yeah, Grand Lizard's awesome. Um, all right, Coops. Coops. I got one, and uh, turns out it's a Williams machine as well. Uh, and it's uh, the Indiana Jones one, so which uh, nice. I want to say is, is mid to late 90s. The, it's distinguishable because the... Um, uh, 
you shoot the ball with a with a pistol, so it looks like a, a six shooter for when like Indy just like shoots that guy in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. The, oh, yeah. The sound down that's amazing. You know, capturing like the John Williams score and all that. And I have had so much fun playing this actual pinball game that I can only imagine that a digital transfer would be amazing. And oh, um, man. I, I didn't even realize until you guys started talking about it that Williams was a thing. And I'm like, oh, it says right on it, Williams. So I'm like, mm. oh, that's really cool. Yep. Yep. And, and I get what you're saying because that's like one of my all-time favorite pinball machines. So that's yeah. that's what my pick would be, Indiana Jones. Right. Nice. I mean, it's just it would just I've be nice, you know, one. to have. I, I I've seen it's it. Cool. And I've never gotten to play it, but yeah, just having the ability to get like a virtual at home, you know, video game version of some pinball machines would be really awesome. I mean, it was something on the NES actually. Um, there was a handful of I think Bally um, pinball machines that got adapted into a Nintendo game, and like. You know, I'm sure they're not like the best thing ever, uh, but you know, at the time, it's like, well, shit, this is my only option. I can't go and play the pinball machine whenever I want. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of neat to think about. Um, so the other, um, the other half, of the question of what pinball video games are our faves to play, we are going to forego that because we are essentially already talking about that. But what I'm going to do is uh, start reading through some of the Octoponder. Uh, yeah, we got some great answers from you guys. Yeah, we got this, some great. Time. I mean. Great we always do answers. Yep. Um, so we're going to start off from the top with uh, Mr. Russ Lyman, uh, who I believe you might also be hearing from again later. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Um, he says that uh, I say Creature from the Black Lagoon uh, would make a great video game version. I would. Saying yeah. that you would play as the creature and escape the townspeople coming after you. Um, as far as his favorite video game pinball that he played, uh, he said Sonic's pinball, uh, a very nice. cool concept since Sonic was very big with the kids. Um, totally true. Very cool. Uh, Henry Carvalho shouts out, uh, the second question. Uh, he said that Pinbot uh, was really fun and that it was, uh, the Nintendo, the NES version of Pinbot that he actually played the most, um, and yeah, this was actually something that I didn't know about at all until that movie, eight bit Christmas. Um, oh, there is, okay. there's a scene in that movie where they show, um, I think they're at like a store or an arcade or something. And there's a ton of NES boxes on the wall and I freeze framed the movie. It just was like, you know, geeking out and looking at all the stuff. And there was like a shitload of pinball games. And I was like, wait a minute, they have the getaway they have the chase they had Pinbot. they had all these other ones i'm like these games had nintendo versions and hmm. i thought that they were making no them up for the movie and i looked them up and i'm like no they're all real they all got all these various different ones Pinbot being among them got nes versions and uh had it's, no idea. it's really neat uh the the Pinbot for nes was done by rare uh mentioned donkey kong country earlier so you know rare done a lot of different games specifically um donkey kong country and uh banjo kazooie and plenty other battle battle toads battle toads yeah um but uh yeah so pinbot on the nes very cool uh mr joe dunbar aka nintendo uh coming in the comments hot and ready he says obvious pick is uh is he's going to say Devil's Crush and Alien's Crush on the TurboGrafx-16 uh, as far as so obvious, favorite, yeah. favorite, favorite ones to play. <laughs> and uh, as far as real-life pinball, um, the Godzilla one 
the new stern godzilla he would love to have a video game version mm, and yeah, yeah me too totally totally i would love to see those all the monsters animate i mean how cool would that be it'd oh, just be so great i know and you it. wouldn't be distracted because the game could cut to the cutscene and then pause the action and then yeah or or the they could move on the table which yeah, i would rather that too you know? yeah have it happen in real time um yeah. Colleen says, uh, went to a pinball convention this year, and her favorite pinball machine was the Starship Troopers machine. It had awesome mini games involved with a telepathy, guess the card matching game, encounters for different bunches of bugs that you killed. Super satisfying and rewarding with a variety of different targets. It would be fun to have it as a good, solid Starship Troopers video game uh, like that pinball. Uh, Second NPH reference of the episode. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, I first, first Colleen reference though. Yeah, I know. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes first Colleen. Hi, <laughs> I've seen the Starship Troopers game. I think I have I've played it a little bit. Steve, I feel like did you get to play this? I don't remember. Um, I don't know. We've definitely. What seen was it, it for? Um, it's a pinball machine. Uh, oh, 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 you're Starship. talking about the same game. Um, yes. No, no, I, I haven't played. I thought you were saying it was a video game that you were piggybacking on. Um, Sorry. No, um, I haven't played the, the pinball game. Um, it was I there. I've seen it. Yeah. Because uh, it's got like the big yellow, yellow, green, blue and red like counters <laughs> for the different bugs. And uh, it looks it looks really neat. That's awesome, Colleen. Thank you so much. Um, Greg Carcioni, a.k.a. Boss Rush Mode, a.k.a. Synopsis Grimm, says he remembers playing Epic Pinball a bunch. Yeah, he did. Fuck yeah, he did. Uh, and also says, let's. Not it was in my house. Oh, Some yeah. Of it. We back got there. Some of it was in my house there. You know, oh, just, yeah. Just, just, yeah. just to change. No big it, deal. Though. Just standing up to change. Yeah. Just keep the fun going somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, you, so you got that going for you. Yeah. You got that going for you. Also says, <laughs> let's not sleep on Microsoft uh, 3D Pinball Space Cadet. So true. That got so me true. through high school. Holy shit. There were so many days of just like, oh, I'm at the library and I'm waiting around and I have nothing to do. Okay, well, I'm going to play 3D Pinball. Wait Spider-Man. a book! Nah, fuck that. <laughs> Homer, <Pinball>. the alien! <laughs> <laughs> You're making us look like jerks! <laughs> Andy! <laughs> um... Okay, so Mr. Matt McIrvin, uh, you have so much knowledge about pinball. And honestly, <laughs> I can't even boil one of your comments down into a proper answer. Uh, but I think your your most straightforward response to this, um, that you said that you had an unattainable wish was that Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, but uh, you you see that actually it was adapted into Zen Studios eventually. Um, so that is what you would have wanted as your virtual pinball game. And you got your wish. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Happy holidays. Yeah, DS9 too. Boom. Yeah, there's so many Star Trek. Happy pinballs. birthday to me. Happy birthday to Matt. So happy birthday, Matt. It's not your birthday, but we love you. Uh, it will be Rick, someday. It will be someday. Uh, Rick Johnson says, my favorite table has always been the original Guns N' Roses table from the 90s. Always hated the band, but the game was super fun. Would love to see a video version. Cool. I've I've never played that one. It's kind of wild how many bands have... Uh, yeah, I can't believe he didn't now. say Rush. I mean, he does always... He does always, Zeppelin. He I does always say that. Uh, Rick has been saying that Guns N' Roses table as long as we've been talking about pinball on the show. That's wild. 
So he oh, really, I don't know, he loves it. that one. Yeah, it's it's just it, it's, it's that je ne sais quoi. It's like sometimes you just click with a table. It looks I mean, like it I, has I an awesome ramp like that. That sometimes is all you need is a really fun. I ramp. I don't think anybody gives a shit about Grand Lizard. It's not like a well loved old classic. It's a random yeah. footnote. Yeah. But I played it and I was like, I fuck with this. I okay. fuck with this hard, bro. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's just also like hundreds upon hundreds of these machines, and yeah. chances are that most people's, you know, bowling alleys and laundromats and skating rinks only ordered like the two or three most popular machines. Right, so right. Some of them are just so right. damn obscure. It's like they're not going to bother yeah, to order. I, I remember like, playing mine thing. in the uh, the entranceway, the foyer to an Ames. You guys go that go that far back? Yeah, yeah. 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 I remember Ames? They had Ninja Clown and um, Indiana Jones pinball. All right, Ninja Clown. I think yeah. I think Ames bought Zare. They did buy Zare. Yes, yes. So, yes. Not to be confused with Caldor or Blur. Or no. So, right. Or the, or the right. Fan. now anyone listening across the country, not in New England, is going to be so confused. <laughs> oh man, what are you talking about? That's right. You're originally from Connecticut. Right? I am. The yeah. uh, connecting of two cuts. Two cuts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like if you go to the internet pinball database, the IMPD, P, no, <laughs> internet pinball, IPDB, the IPDB. Yeah. Um, it's an amazing site that you can look up any table that has ever come out and it has just an exhaustive amount of information. Sure for does. each table and uh it's really fascinating it even has the units that were manu manufactured like the manufacturer. which is the most fun because you're like oh it's so rare they only made it's so rare right so you can go to like something like the twilight zone honestly there's probably a humongous amount of those that were made yeah and super <clears throat> i bet if we go grand lizard there's going to be like a fraction right um, like 300 350 yeah who knows yeah and some of some of them have special editions like the x-men game had three three editions it had uh, the regular Uncanny X Men. Then there was a uh, a Wolverine version that had a you know just all that was changing mostly was the uh, the back artwork, and then the uh, the color of the uh, the frame of the table would change. And the Wolverine for some reason was blue, and um, it had a Wolverine picture. And then there was also, but there was only like 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 literally three hundred of those. Mm. And then there was a Magneto version, and there was even less. There was like. No, 200. I mean, like, really, like, imagine that 200 people own the Magneto version and it's it's got red trim um, and it has a, a it has like the, the classic Jim Lee Magneto picture. I think I'm pretty sure they threw on the back just because they're like, well, that's the only picture that exists of Magneto. That's the so Magneto like, it's one. I mean, that's if you have the means shot. to pick one up, I highly recommend it. It's so choice. <laughs> I mean, but that's just amazing to me that like there's yeah. literally only like a couple hundred and there won't in the entire world and they stopped. Yeah. That's it. And uh, I, I wonder if know. they were repurposed, though. Isn't that something that they do with them sometimes? Yeah. Like they'll. Yeah, sometimes they I mean, with like arcade cabinets, too. But yeah, I think they might, you know, take some that what, what we've seen actually is uh, some machines had like different modules like it might have been a grand lizard, but then they could. uh 
you know, do a couple of, you know, swaps and changes and switch out the, the play field and a couple other things and turn it into, uh, you know, uh, what was that, that siren one, you know, sea witch or whatever there was, you know, know, it was like a version of grand lizard that was just rare. And I think the reason why they did that is because they wanted to appeal to people who already had the machine, but maybe wanted to update it. And rather than having to buy a whole new machine, they'll say, Hey, we can come in, we can have a technician just install the new machine, you know, over whatever parts you have. And, you know, it's a fraction of the cost. So yeah, they totally did that. Um, that was actually a, a feature they were hoping people would do. But yeah, so, that, that's like one less Grand Lizard that exists if you turned it into Sea Witch or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly. But uh, according to this, uh, Grand Lizard had 2750, 2750 units. Um, I'll look up Twilight Zone if you want to keep going. Sure. Do you think you could look up where they have them? Like, is there a tracker for? Oh, I don't like know. That? Probably don't know. not That'd because be there's, awesome. there's a lot of like, uh, you know, private collectors and stuff that would be untrackable. Probably. I mean, because because right. it, it you can't track resells. That's the thing. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and there's probably um, not a lot of. Oh, oh, my. OK, so so two thousand seven hundred and fifty was Grand Lizard and um, Twilight Zone has fifteen thousand two hundred and thirty five. Yeah. So Damn, big difference. If you look at like uh, Adam's family, I think there's like 30,000 or something. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. Adam's family is everywhere. It's one of I the feel like that's ever. It yeah, it's always on people's list when we've done pinball episodes, we always get those yeah. as like yep. everybody says that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, it just goes to show you it's like okay, well geez, even 1,000 or 2,000 is pretty low numbers and there are plenty that are in the hundreds. But anyway, <clears> neither here nor there. Um Keeping on with our Octoponders, uh, Santino mm-hmm. Mancibo says that he always enjoyed pinball, but never really went for them too, too much. But definitely remembers uh, Terminator 2 being uh, one of his favorites to play. <sighs> Me too. Um, yeah, I love that good, one. Dude. It's really fucking good. Uh, so yeah, if we had a video version of that, that'd be rad. And also says, as far as pinball video games go, his favorites are Kirby's Pinball Land and Sonic's Pinball, uh, as well oh, yeah. as the 3D Space Cadet Pinball on Microsoft. Fuck yeah, dude. Mm-hmm, nice. I know you were in the library with me playing that <laughs> shit. Cause, cause whatever. In, in spirit. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We are joined in spirit. Uh, Eric Michaud says, I played a lot of Super Pinball behind the mask. Uh, This was actually for the Super Nintendo. Um, Only three tables, but they were all super fun uh, because Super Nintendo, right? Um, So I do not know this game. I looked it up and have never heard of it. And just goes to show you, Justin, there is so many freaking pinball machine games. I didn't even get to mention until right this minute because i want to say it there's some pinball games on uh on the sega saturn that's called like uh ultimate pinball or whatever and the the uh first version they came out with was called last gladiator i learned about it this past or last year or two years ago whatever it was uh because the guitarist of dream theater worked on the soundtrack what What? john petrucci wrote and recorded music for this random fucking Sega Saturn pinball game. And (laughs) I'm like, dude, what? And the music's great. You know, (laughs) it's like very high quality guitar and everything. It's (laughs) sick. And uh, they have a night trap table. (laughs) (laughs) So good. I don't think so, but that would be uh, too risque. It would be, you know, be the ESRB would have to get their hands on that. Um, but anyway, yeah, so many to choose from. And then uh, we got, we're going to end it off, uh, last but not least, with Adam Letourneau, who says, Welcome back, boys. Hey, thanks, dude. 
We love you. Good to hear from you. says, Pinbot was my favorite, but it was available on the NES. So I guess I will go with Space Shuttle, as it was my second favorite pinball machine from that era. Don't think it was ever on a compilation and could definitely use a high-res reboot. I don't know Space Shuttle. I don't know that one either. I'm I'm looking it up now. Unfamiliar. Um, But anyway, very cool. Thank you, everybody. And again, Matt McIrvin, thank you so much for all of your intensely awesome pinball knowledge. Shared so many cool things, especially um, Bill Budge's Pinball Construction Set, which was a computer game that allowed you to make your own pinball tables. And uh, you said that thousands of homebrew tables sprouted up from that game. And I'm very curious about that. I yeah, like like Mario Maker, you know, but for yeah, for pinball, right? Well, you know, I I. I do remember having a pinball maker for DOS that uh, that I had around the same time because I was so obsessed with Cybergirl and all those epic pinball tables. And I do remember having one. We found one somewhere, and it it just wasn't very good. There wasn't a lot yep. of um, creativity that you could actually put in. You could throw in a you know a picture for the background, and then there were just some just stock shaped tables that they had. There wasn't yeah, really a huh. lot to change, but like. I mean, the idea is awesome. If you could right. somehow, you know, take components and really shape the table, I mean, like, oh man, it'd right. be fun. It'd be fun. You so need to like sculpt your different ramps and stuff like that. But anyway, thank you again to everyone, Thanks, all the Retroids, for yeah. making uh, this first octoponder this of the season so awesome uh and uh without further ado we're going to get going back to the second half of our show about video pinball and uh i will i will uh, start things off here uh before i do this proper second choice i have to mention uh, an honorable mention because you know i don't like to follow the rules and i was supposed to pick two pinball Mm -hmm. i I Mm -hmm. picked six so and this shit. is seven, so this is yeah. seven. Well, this mm-hmm. is six. I, I picked five, and this is six. Oh. So, what are we on? Throat on Thursday? Jeez, I know. What is this? Rules? <laughs> what, what rules? Jeez. Uh, so the game in question, uh, I rented at a blockbuster. Apropos of nothing, I just sa- it just sounded neat, and I hadn't played a pinball in a while. It is for the PlayStation Two. It's called Flipnik Ultimate Pinball. Um, it is a totally obscure pinball title, only for the PS2, released in 2003 by Sony Computer Entertainment and published by Capcom. And you know how publishers work. They always slap their name on the box. So I was like, Capcom made a pinball game? Sign me the fuck up. So I uh, I rented that. And uh, holy shit, Flipnik is like one part pinball, one part acid trip art house fuckfest. And it is all <laughs> kinds of just like we had too words. many ideas. An entire through. fest for fucking. That's right. They had too many ideas. And so they used all of them. And it really sets out to be the most unique pinball experience you'll ever have. And honestly, I think it succeeds. You know, for better or for worse, it is the most singular pinball game I've ever played. Um, Each table of the game, in air quotes, is kind of more of a biome with like a general kind of theme. Uh, But you're not really on one table. Um, you the biomes you have are there's biology, metallurgy, optics, and geometry. Um, each biome of table 
is comprised of a bunch of small, unique play fields where you have, you know, plenty of them you're using the flippers to get them into ramps. There's other ones where you have unconventional mechanics too, like you have to time the button presses to raise or lower bumpers to send the ball different directions, or you'll send the ball into a pachinko-like section, or you'll hit uh, the X button to make the ball jump to clear like certain um, hazards. There's sections where it turns into like a shooting gallery hmm. and the ball just shoots lasers at stuff. Um, it has uh, this, the game has this love for low fidelity video clips, like reminiscent of the 60s. It's got like this, they all have this like fuzzy kind of glow to them and these soft voiceovers. They're like, oh, multi ball. And it'll just show like, a, you know, <laughs> some fireworks in the background and this kind of like low resolution video clip. Like, they, like every time you do anything, you know, complete a challenge, get a, get an extra ball, whatever, they have all sorts of different little, uh, little videos that play that give it just like such a weird vibe but like a cool vibe but like what what the hell are they going for with this thing and uh and the other thing that's great is um every every table you know like you were saying steve you love when there's a table there's like something you're working towards doing like waking up the android mm -hmm. yeah uh yeah. every level if you pause the game it brings <clears throat> up a list of all of the challenges that are available in the given table that you're on and it'll light them up in green if you've or blue if you've started the challenge and they'll light it up in green if you've completed the challenge so you're actually able to just play a level over and over again and one by one work through you know completing all of the challenges that are there and uh i believe some of the challenges are considered super challenges and if you clear those i think that's what actually unlocks further stages I think that's how you unlock the other game uh, levels because you start the game with just biology and you can play all the other ones, but only for like a two or three minute time period until you unlock them fully. Um, and man, every single table is just its own beast. Uh, definitely check out at least a long play of the game on YouTube. It's really cool and uh, just a real oddity. So yeah, Flipnik, uh, Ultimate Pinball is my honorable mention. Um, but my, my true, my one true is uh, what I would have said is my favorite pinball game. Uh, and, you know, again, this shouldn't be a surprise, but Justin, I really like Pokemon. So <laughs> yeah. let's put two and two together. Uh, Pokemon Pinball, um, essentially, th this is like... What? A, a, this is... This is a twofer that there's only really one blurb because Pokemon Pinball for the Game Boy Color and Pokemon Pinball Ruby and Sapphire for the Game Boy Advance, they all they do the same things. It's just one has one gen of Pokemon on an older hardware and the other one has a newer gen of Pokemon on newer hardware. So it's two games that's essentially like one pick. So we're gonna we're gonna just dive mostly into the Game Boy Color one. Um, released in 1999 for the Game Boy Color, developed by Jupiter and HAL Laboratory, who made Kirby. Um, like I said, just adored this pinball game. I own it. It had a little section where you could put in a AAA battery to give it rumble, which was something oh. that like no Game Boy Color games had. Um, but you could actually give it a little bit of rumble feedback uh, while you're playing, which is fun. Uh, you choose if you want to play on the red version or the blue version table, which changes the music and the available Pokemon. Uh, and also, the, it, it, it's a totally different layout. You know, the tables are completely different um, top to bottom. Uh, the ball is a Pokeball which you can upgrade to a great ultra and master ball by completing the lane changes 
Steve, you love lane changing. I love lane um, changes. They're a small oh, thing that uh, makes for big fun. Mm-hmm. And lane changes, for those who don't know, it's when you have different slots at the top of the field or anywhere on the field that have lights associated with them. And if you hit the flippers, you can toggle which ones are lit up. So it's a way for you to try to have a little bit more influence to mm-hmm. light all of them and be able to get the bonus. Yeah, so those are the lanes. That's the and lane. the lane change feature was incorporated in the like early 80s, I think. And right. it became a pretty common thing. And then it sort of just went away. Or, or sorry, not fireball. Firepower, I think, was one of the first <clears throat> lane change games. Um, oh, that but, could be. Yeah, I, I feel like that was a fun fact on that. One. I, I yeah. remember that in the Return of the Jedi table where you used to play, where you'd have to do that, and then it would uh, go to something else. Like, oh, you're firing a torpedo. Yeah, now. like it's oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not going to light one up for you. You have to get one. But let's say there are three, and you yep. lit up the left one, and then your ball's up there. And it's going to go in one of them, and it's bouncing around on top of the three lanes, and it's going to go in one of the three, and, and you're not sure which one. The light. And then it's going to go in the left one. You're like, oh, shit, I already lit that one. So hit the flipper, and it'll mm-hmm. move to one of the other lanes, making the left one empty, and it will yep. then turn that one on. Instead I didn't of being even know wasted. that had a name. I'm glad that you said something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a feature that, like, when it first came about, was a big deal, and now it's just not, like, a thing that yeah it was bothered to mention yeah. yeah but yeah so uh lane lane changing is is a part of it and that's super fun so you're able to get upgrade the pokeball as you upgrade the ball it, it also increases your uh, score multiplier effectively if you have the the better versions of the pokeball it's a it's a multiplier for everything you hit which is cool hmm. um the game starts out with a roulette that determines what town area or route you are going All to right. start yep. on um right. each area comes with their own set of catchable pokemon based on where they were found in the main game so if you landed on you know the seafoam islands you're probably going to find seal and articuno and lapras um if you land on cinnabar island you're going to find magmar and growlith and ponyta and some fire pokemon or whatever um so that's fun too you can kind of like you know use knowledge that you had from the games to sort of figure out what you might be running into um as soon as it does the roulette uh it it activates the area where you can send the ball to activate catch em mode uh where a random silhouette of a pokemon for that area appears and you have to hit the bumpers at the top of the screen to reveal the picture then the picture will flash briefly and the pokemon will appear in the middle of the screen and then you have to hit the pokemon three times with your ball before the time runs out to effectively catch them uh when you caught a pokemon well, just this one. Oh. Eventually, you'll catch them. Oh. Uh, once you've caught a Pokemon, uh, it goes into your your you know lineup of the Pokemon that you have. At least until you game over. Uh, if you activate the evolution mode, you can choose one of the Pokemon that you have in your lineup, and you can choose to evolve it. Plays very similarly. The Pokemon will appear, and there will be different icons that spawn all around the board that you have to try to hit. And if you hit all of them, you'll be able to send the ball into a, a center target, and it'll evolve the selected Pokemon. Um, every Mon that you catch or evolve gets logged into the game's Pokedex, even regardless of if you die or not. If you start the game, you catch one Pokemon, and then you eat shit and die immediately, you will still have, you know, that Rattata in the Pokedex forever. <laughs> uh, of course it's a Rattata. <laughs> of course it's a Rattata. So Rattata. The, 
is cool as fuck because the Pokedex, not only does every Pokemon have its portrait picture, but it also has its animated graphic, which if you are wow, in the Pokedex cool. and hit select, you can see the animated graphic of the Pokemon that uh, appears while you're trying to catch it, the one that you actually have to hit. Uh, so that's, that's available for every non-evolved Pokemon. If you can encounter it just in the wild, you're able to toggle between the portrait and that graphic. They all have their own description, which are not taken from the Pokemon Red and Blue games. Every Pokemon's Pokedex entry is unique for the pinball game, which hmm. is so surprising to me. I didn't even learn that until this year when I started playing the game again because uh, I got an analog pocket and I was like, oh, I really want to play Pokemon pinball again. And I was seeing you know, how many pokemon were were in there with the descriptions and stuff and i checked it against um you know uh, there's some different pokemon websites you can look at for the pokedex entries that give you you know info about each each one and it didn't match any of them i'm like wow this is i like is this undocumented pokemon info like has anybody on the internet bothered to record all the pokemon pinball pokedex entries <laughs> probably i Japanese feel like i I'm, I'm like i don't know i i might be onto something here this might be how i make my first million i don't know um <laughs> but i like the way i like the way you're thinking there's gonna yeah. be a second million right that's right like that's that. right well i gotta start pokemon rich i got so many of those goddamn things oh god you don't even want to know um but yeah, I, I think that's really cool. You know, from like a nerdiness, attention to detail and, you know, fan standpoint, that's just the coolest thing. Um, yeah, totally. And then also there is, uh, the game has, like any good pinball game, has bonus rounds. And the bonus rounds get activated from just hitting different targets, doing different loops. Uh, and they all feature, you know, different Pokemon as the primary, you know, character they have a unique graphic that's walking around like meowth might be running around throwing coins out and you have to hit him and collect the coins and shit um or there will be certain pokemon that are like a boss fight uh, in the first in the original one mewtwo i think is the only one and you have to hit mewtwo, mewtwo. and ratata you have to hit fucking mewtwo like 30 times for him to go down and I played the game recently and did manage to do it. And I think it was the first time I have ever done that. And it is crazy how long it takes. But once you do that, I think you just catch him. Um, but catch yeah, most him of them. All? You, you catch, catch all of him? him? You catch all of him. You don't catch some of him. Okay. Um, you don't just catch like his left foot green. No, because that wouldn't be. PETA would no. be all over that shit. Yeah. You know? No, he's, he's and, artificial, isn't he? So. He, he, I, well, yeah, he's, I mean, he's a clone. Oh, things just pop he's off. Like, pop he's like a lab-grown like crystal, you know? Like, mm. like uh, people for ethic treat, ethical treatment of Pokemon? Peepa? Peepa. That's why, yeah, he's a lab-grown crystal. That's why they call him Swarovski. Yes. That's his nice. whole name. Mewtwo <laughs> yeah. Swarovski. Mewtwo Swarovski. <laughs> he's surprisingly expensive, even though he's lab he created. Right, yeah. I know. He's a ripoff, frankly. And he looks like a swan, which makes does. no sense. Mm -hmm. I like sometimes he has a mouth, sometimes he doesn't. Mm, yeah, me too. I love right. characters that only have a mouth when they do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he chooses. Uh, but um, It's underneath that's... his chin. It's on the back of his chin. Yeah, that's Behind that's how most predators' mouths are, like a <laughs> <laughs> like the mighty Ardvarker. It's very hard for for a character like that to eat cereal. How does he eat out of a bowl? <laughs> how does he drink out of a cup? Yeah, exactly. just, just like the guy in Star Wars, you know, just down his neck. 
Oh, um, oh yeah, <laughs> little, the little bat, bat guy. Yeah, yeah, bat baby, bat baby. Um, it's like so a yeah, snuffle, every, <laughs> everything that I said about uh, Pokemon Pinball holds true for the sequel. So there's nothing really to say. Awesome. The sequel came out in 2003, again developed by Jupiter, and it just has all the Pokemon for Ruby and Sapphire. Um, for all intents and purposes, it is just a better pinball game. Um, but I still like the first one more. Um, it's definitely just like that Game Boy Color aesthetic and you know, like sound and music and everything, and just keeping it to the original 151. It's like it's just so special. And it and I own that one. I don't have the other one. Um, but yeah, both are incredible, super fun games, and, uh, mm. and just such a favorite for me. I loved that Pokemon. Uh, the first one. I don't know if I played the second one, but the the first one was so incredibly fun. I loved Wicked. it, and it really just feels like you know, just like the the Metroid one. It's like okay, this character being a ball, being the pinball, like it's it's a it's a pokeball. It makes yeah. sense. It's not Ash. It's right. not Ash rolled up into a ball like Mario <laughs> as a ball is creepy AF. It's creepy as fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Samus yeah. turning into the ball. It's like um. So smart. Why didn't you do this before? This is the this should have been on NES and yeah. Super NES. Like it's perfect. It is. You know, somebody it, finally yep. thought of it. And uh and I think that you know it was just it felt perfect. You're like, okay, Pokeball is the ball, and we get to go around and catch Pokemon. Like, oh my god, this is the funnest yeah. pinball. It's so fun. So and it, fun. It, it makes just playing the same levels over and over again like not not a problem at all. Because yeah. you're always like hoping to catch a new guy and then hoping you survive yeah. long enough to evolve them. Super fun. Yep, totally. Um, yep. But yeah, that's awesome. that. Um, so Could you beat the game seed? as Metapod? You don't <laughs> get to play as the Pokemon. But you can beat the game with Metapod in your party. Sure. You can, oh, there you go. You can beat you can beat uh you Are can then, throw Ratataz at your at your Metapods. Yeah, and, if you uh, have, just if you never time. stop using Harden, you become so hard you just through <laughs> dimensional space time yeah, and get right it. to the credits. That's that's uh, just so you know, Coop, this is uh this is actually how the uh the flight technology of the event horizon worked. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Just keep hard. They, it, hard they just, yeah, it was just they used Harden so many times that they became like a thousand, a thousand infinite times like sharper than more heavy than diamonds, and they just cut through space time. Then they they dug out their own eyeballs because yes, they don't yep. see then them. they that is yes. Next, then they just cut out their with own a eyeballs. melon baller. Just <laughs> no fingernails. It's yeah. Oh yeah. It's so, Right, right, I, I think, right. I and then, and then, when you when you've torn your your own eyeballs from their sockets, what do you do, class? What do you do with your eyeballs? You present them mm-hmm. as a gift. Here you go. You present them, Pessies. and then you play pinball with them. Yeah, okay. Event Horizon <laughs> Pinball. That would be amazing. Uh, it's definitely eyeballs. Do a Virtual Boy near you because you'll probably want to gouge your eyes out after playing it as well. Oh my God, Virtual Boy would be perfect for that mess. That would be insane. Yeah, Virtual there needs Boy to be a. I don't know why they didn't. They should have had a, a an event horizon game for for Virtual Boy. I don't know why they didn't. It makes yeah, perfect they sense. Yeah, Virtual Boy did have galactic pinball, so they could have had another pinball game. It could have been sure. just, just you they know the ROM hack of galactic pinball floating it, around, it, and the ball yeah, just, is that or you you have to hit the uh, the drive there. You know, it's like this this big sort yeah. of undulating uh, sphere. Demon yeah, I mean, I mean, I think we all know that the yep. the pinball in the event horizon ball game is uh, Sam Neil's eyeball. Same mm-hmm. deals eyes, yeah. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. of course. And yeah. there's only a multi ball of, of two multi balls because it's yeah. just the other eyeball. It's just the other eyeball, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I like this idea. I like this yeah. idea a lot. Yeah, I want to see where this goes. <laughs> I'm changing my answer to Event Horizon Virtual Pinball. <laughs> <laughs> virtual For these very reasons. Virtual Pin Boy. Nice. Oh, boy. All right. Well, All right. I mean, Paris, I see so, you have so many good ideas. But let's hear. Let's I do. Hear I do. Let, let, let's let uh, Coop go next. I'll, I'll, I'll finish this up. Sure. At the end. Oh, I, I pick uh, Event Horizon. No, it's okay. Uh, and uh, still Event Horizon. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm really excited actually about um, a couple ones that you guys talked about, um, specifically uh, the Kirby and the um, and the Pokemon one. I want to go back and play those. They're so good. They're yeah. so, so, so I was good. just thinking about the uh, the Nintendo Switch version, where again playing it, where you've got something that's handheld that you can use your trigger fingers on. That that just mm. sounds like a, a whole mm, new level. Yep. That's awesome. It's great. It's perfect. Yeah. It, and I mean, the the other one I have is the one I've played the most recently. Um, uh, last night I played the uh, pinball effects uh, Garfield and My Little Pony. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Both, one table. Both like, very like fun. That? I wish, man. I uh, you kidding me? That's like that's like a, a lasagna dream on through. the left, rainbow cupcake on the right. He's like, "Who? Look, it's Rainbow Dash." You know, it's like <laughs> <that'd be laughs> oh, boy, get out of here, Lorenzo music. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, it's like when we were talking about like what are your ideal versions and all that. Like, like what would you like to see? Is that I never would have picked Garfield, and then I started playing, and I'm like, I love this. This is so much fun. <laughs> you know, and you get your your animations with like normal and crap like that, and yeah, yep. It's it's just it was it was fun. It was like a delightful nice. thing, and and um, it's it's not anything special in terms of like ramps and physics and all that, but it's like. Yeah, it was it was just kind of cool, and you can get a, a trial art style. Like it looks, it's done well. Like it fits the art of Garfield perfectly. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, the, you get like a trial version of it where you can you can play for a certain amount of time. If you go through the the PlayStation Store, you can download the uh, pinball uh, machine, essentially uh, the cabinet for free, and then it's like, oh, for five ninety nine, you can get this, but we'll give you a trial of it so you can play it for five minutes. And I'm like. That's that's cool with me, man, because I want to try it out and move on. Right. You know? and, yep. And I did that. I, I did that uh, for Garfield and then for My Little Pony, which was actually kind of awesome. So it's the uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. You got Twilight Sparkle over there doing her thing with her, uh, you know, uh, Rainicorn sort of uh, horn and all that. It, it was fun. You know, I didn't nice. play it for a long time. Just the uh, the trial went on for like five minutes and all that. It was cool. Neat. Yeah, I mean, clearly they are trying to get like all the different sorts of licenses, fandoms, whatever you can do into this pinball, you know, uh, environment. You know, they they have the ability to make all these pinball machines and no no mechanical limitation. So from the standpoint of being a person who designs pinball machines, making shit on pinball effects, you know, for the designers is probably a dream come true because you don't actually have to have anything mechanically work. They're like, sure, we can do a stupid Garfield. <laughs> right. Who cares? Right. Yeah, exactly. whatever. We have, there's no harm, no foul. Like we don't have to, you know, put a lot of mechanical See, investment. That, you, that is exactly what I was going to talk about with my, with my next peak, with my final picks for the night, which is, uh, you know, nice. Uh, games that celebrate being video you know yeah. they don't try to simulate what a real pinball table looks like or acts like or is or anything it's like no we're a different thing this is yep. video pinball let's live in this world and like live it up and make yep. it as awesome as it could be turn it into something that couldn't exist in a real pinball table yep that's that's my those are my favorite games totally for sure. Hundred percent agree, but um, cool man. 
Nice. Uh, so definitely some, uh, you know, solid pinball effects three mentions there. Um, I, I haven't played any pinball effects three. I, I did play Zen pinball back in the day. Um, I'm not sure what tables I tried, but I mean, it, it was, it was very good. It was very fun. Um, definitely like was going for more that like realistic experience. I mean, yep. the tables are tilted and, um, you know, they're at that angle that you would see them in real life at. Um, and it's definitely like a different thing, you know, but they're really cool, really high quality. So these are on, these are on the switch now. Uh, amongst many other things, but yes. My, mine was on PlayStation, PlayStation 4. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, think I, I was going to ask you guys, uh, you know, about this. Like, we were talking about licenses. If you could pick one thing, you know, and it could be anything, to make a licensed table, what would you pick? Oh, a licensed worm? table? Yeah. <laughs> witch worm. <laughs> right. Sure, Mark with a witch worm. That's my Mark answer. with a witch worm. Now, um, I don't know. Um, I, would, I would love to see... Um, like either Adventure Time, I think that oh, would be a really cool one. Um, either Adventure Time or like maybe The Witcher would be really cool. Oh, Witcher would be awesome. You know, yeah, yeah. I think both of those could that. be really cool. Um, you know, one being the super cartoony, one being nice. the more realism thing. But yeah, I, I would love. <laughs> I don't. I don't recognize that guy. Who's that? Is oh, that that's a Peppermint Club? Butler. Oh, oh, oh wait, Adventure you just Club. brought. Oh, sorry, I, I, I didn't oh, have sorry. the thing up. Was it? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's Pep Butt. Pet butt, Herman Butler. <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh, Princess Bubblegum's butler, and also like secretly a super problematic character later <laughs> yeah. in the show. <laughs> Takes over for death at some point, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just watched uh, the Distant Lands like four episodes thing oh, uh, yeah. recently, and it was so good to finally see those. Those are really well done. I want to watch Fiona and Cake, but I'm I'm getting my wife caught up through the Adventure Time stuff. Slowly. We're doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah. The same it's thing with my a, wife. It, it's such a good time. But yeah, no, that would be, it'd be such a fun pinball machine. There'd be hmm. all kinds of like, you know, you'd hit the loop and it'd be like algebraic and mathematical. <laughs> and just like James be Baxter. <laughs> I'm James Baxter. <laughs> yeah. Africa nice. Daniel could make an appearance to the, yep. you know, the magic multi ball. Weird Al is, uh, uh, geez, what was his name? The banana the guy. Banana right? guy. Yeah. Banana guy. Yeah. <laughs> with his spaceship. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You'd have Mark Hamill as the Lich. Perfect. Oh, Mark Hamill was the Lich. I didn't even realize. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. that was Ron Perlman for some reason, but yeah, dude, or the maybe Lich it wasn't, was frightening because Mark Hamill yeah. was one of the characters. So maybe I'm mixing him up. Maybe it wasn't the Lich, but yeah, because I remember. He, he, yeah, he's definitely in way. Yeah, he 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 played a character in the solid choice. Yeah. I don't know. Me. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> Uh, what about me? Um, uh, uh, I let, let's, let's go with, uh, let's go with a solid Conan, the barbarian. And I Ooh, want yeah. it to be, I want it to be seventies Marvel comic Conan. Ooh, nice. So I want all that That'd good cool. Sal Buscema artwork. And, uh, I think that's who did Conan in the seventies. <laughs> I think, I think you're right. I mean, and that just, that just makes perfect sense. <clears throat> That's because I love that, thing. like, like lizard, the 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 grand lizard. Like, I love the the dark fantasy artwork that was on pinballs in the early to mid eighties and like mid seventies to mid mid eighties. Basically, there oh, was I some know. incredible artwork, and uh, it looks like I a Man of War album. Yeah, 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 yeah like, right. Man of War with like line art. It's like cartoon right. Man of War. 
Yeah, uh, it's just so great. I just love it so much. But I, I, I would love a, a a Conan one that like was actually that actually had pulled characters from the various stories that that were you know had you right. know because that's what that's what I love about the Phantom of the Opera table. Honestly, is that they didn't just like make a phantom i know basically nothing about it i've seen the musical no like this is the the phantom of the opera table is based on the book and just like what you were saying tim about the um metroid prime table how so much of that game is pulling from prime like oh my god every square inch of that phantom of the opera table is like pulling from different scenes from the book different scenes and characters that are specifically just in the book it is 100 percent the Such book version of, of yeah it's crazy it is utterly crazy so i would love i would love that for conan that'd be really cool yeah mine no surprise pirates of dark water of course <laughs> yes. i wasn't gonna be dark crystal i don't know I, no, I, oh, I mean sure dark crystal exists i'm sure oh man that Plus would be it. awesome i dark see, crystal like, would be i'd awesome. like all those but i'm just saying you get the wraith you know the ship that can actually like fly and float yeah. a little bit sure. yeah fly. no they're no it's yeah, great nibbler the monkey sure. monkey bird you know right yeah there's so much to do with the dark water one that'd be awesome yeah Okay. Awesome. Let's, uh, All right. Let's, let's hear what you got, man. So I have a uh, quick, very quick honorable mention. It's already been mentioned twice, so it will be quick, but I did want to shout out Sonic Spinball. Uh, I think Sonic Spinball is one of the more unique uh, video pinball games. Not to say it's one of the best. It's not one of the best. It doesn't play as good as it really needs to, to be a great game. However, it is really cool. And the graphics are awesome. It was on the uh, the Genesis, and it has great, great sprite graphics. And there is, like, there are levels. There are bosses you fight. There are, like, parts that are really hard to get to in the level. You have to open up, you know, do stuff to, to open up this other place. And you go over there and do a bunch of things over there. And then, then you can progress even further. And then eventually there's a boss, and now you're in a new place. And there's like yep. totally different graphics. And when and I think it's really neat when you fall past the paddles, there is a robotic dragon, like a sea serpent, yeah. swimming around down there. Something and it, it actually eats you when you uh when you fall past the paddle. So there's a reason why he actually dies when he goes down there. And um I, I this this is a game that I was really, really, really excited for. This is this is after I was in love with Epic Pinball. So I was really excited for this. The idea of it's awesome. Like I said, is a perfect reason for him to be the ball because he turns into a ball in the games. He's perfect. Awesome game. Uh, I mean, awesome idea. I saw the graphics like really, really great. Honestly, the cover to Sonic Spinball, I think is one of the greatest Sonic covers ever. Like I just love it. It I just love it. It's such classic Sonic artwork and it's just Sonic Spinball. It's like a much better cover than like Sonic, two or three like it's such a great cover and uh you know the what i think the downfall to the game is it's uh it's it's really unresponsive it's sluggish it's slow it it's hard it's really 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 hard and uh it all those things together kind of make it not something you want to keep playing like so I was really, really let down by this game at the time, but I've gone back like an emulation and been able to have a really a lot of fun with it if you can cheat your ass off. If you can save <laughs> so you're not dying, you get to like, I mean, it's not the intended experience, but it's still fun. 
Like it still allows me to get through the game, which I could never, ever do. It's like, you know, super easy mode. If there was a super easy mode, it was for babies. Then I could, I could turn that on because I'm a big baby (laughs) and have, I would have fun. But since I can't do that, I have to cheat my ass off. But anyway, it's, it's a really interesting game that is pretty damn gorgeous. And, um, I can't remember the music to be honest. Like I want to say it had great music, but I just I'm know the first level sort of just that, assuming. that level's really good. Yeah. Did they so, play like casino night and like green hill zone and stuff it's like original. that? No, it's oh yeah. You, you start in this, like this junk level over yeah, blue water, like, toxic, toxic sewer. It's zone or super something. unique. It doesn't look like any other Sonic game. Like you're, you're, you're thinking like the green hill zone. It's always like that. And then, yeah, there is eventually a green drippy slime, toxic waste level too. Then everything's, everything's very green, but I don't know. Anyway, Sonic spinball is really worth a mention. Very cool game. Yeah. Um, but so my, my pick, um, is going to be another suite of games. Uh, it is. Uh, it's already been mentioned. Uh, it's been mentioned by one of our retroids. Our our very own Nintendo shouted out my picks. Um, so it's the Crush Pinball series, and uh, this is comprised of a series of games. There are three main games. There was a couple of remakes. We don't need to really go into. Um, but the very first one, the one that started it all, is called Alien Crush, and this is a legendary game, and it has legendary music. Um, and uh, this is actually what I was, uh, this was my reference to the devil's, the demon's undulate as I yep. came in with my quote that only, of course, 8-Bit is the only person on the planet that's going to know this reference. But there, <laughs> the game so, lets you select what it's music like, yeah, you want to play and it literally, when you go in the options, it's like, do you want demon's undulate or do you want uh, whatever eclipse. the fucking other one is? Lunar Eclipse. It, and it's funny eclipse. because one of them is like super rocking and one of them is like creepy Creepy. creepy and atmospheric now which of the two do you think sounds like the rockin one lunar eclipse or demons undulate i mean I demons undulate, demons undulate yeah. but only it's not. not it's the opposite it's not. lunar uh, eclipse is the uh, rockin one yeah that's demon that's demons undulate but lunar eclipse is the classic it's basically deep purple right yeah so um wicked wicked cool game um first of all the series like looks better than anything like these are my sprites. These are the most like this so is why I love good. classic sprites. I love NES, but you know, for me it's like okay, 16-bit is just my favorite look for anything. I love 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 the limited palette but not so limited as 8-bit. And you know, it's like oh, how I'm different companies limited. use it. Hey. Oh, not you, not 8-bit with a capital 8. Oh. Lowercase 8. Capital but um <laughs> but it's like you know, it's like figuring out how to use the the palette and not go crazy. Like, come up with a theme, and you know, this has like muted purples and grays and reds with some blue accents, and it's so classy looking. And every inch of the screen and the table is living. There are just aliens and bugs and worms and just like seed pods and brains and tentacles and all sorts of stuff just everywhere it's so 
awesome looking and the music is so freaking cool and uh so this first game uh was released for uh the turbo graphic 16 i don't think i've even said it. it these both of these this one and the sequel which are really the best two these are like like one of the most legendary two for for any yeah. video game series period period legendary one and one and a two like you can discount the third oh. one honestly it doesn't even feel like it's connected and yeah, i'll the get third there one was, but was weird. It, it's just we, nobody knew it existed but anyway so alien crush and De and the next one which is which is demon's crush are both so freaking legendary they complement each other very well and yet demon's crush did build on alien crush to become the superior version just like you were saying with uh, the two Pokemon games, but like with the two Pokemon games, there is something about alien crush that I always felt like I liked it more because it was, it was my first one. It was my, mm. you know, my precious alien crush. And it's like, you know, I love demons and, and devil worship and, and, you know, monks <laughs> walking around uh, pentagrams as much as the next guy, let me tell you. But I don't know. There's something about like, it's all, it's all HR Giger shit. It's all wannabe alien, the movie aliens. And uh, it's very, it's very much worn on this on their sleeve, and it's just awesome. I love it so much. But anyway, so it was released for the TurboGrafx-16. Uh, came out in Japan September fourteenth, nineteen eighty eight, and uh, North America um, almost a year later in August of eighty nine. Devel developed. I didn't even realize this. Developed by one of my favorite freaking developers ever, Compile. Compile is so great they made two they made my two favorite shooters on the 8-bit nes that is the game gun knack and my legendary one of my favorite games of all time the guardian legend um oh wow they made guardian legend yeah compile Damn. is so freaking good they made a ton of shooters and then they made these games it's unreal published by nec naxat soft and hudson soft um composers were two guys masanobu sukamoto and toshiaki sakoda um and they they were as far as i could find i think they were the composers of both games certainly they sounded like it was the same person doing the composing the music is both in both games is amazing and there isn't just one table song i mean well okay you could choose two main table songs in alien crush but there isn't only that because there are so many various um bonus stages and you can open them up by doing various things you know um different loops and bips and bloops and targets and whatever and certain like a mouth will open and you can go in there now or, you know, different things. Um, and there's a ton of different bonus stages and the bonus stages have their own music. Each one has their own music. So it's, it's like a really good video pinball game. And for me, it is my perfect ultimate aesthetic. The sprites, it's like the type of sprites that I like. It's very adult, very gross aliens like nast the nasty side of aliens it's alien the movie giger type aliens gross. and um it's just it's just a rocking fun gross good time i just love it so much um there is a big huge alien queen looking alien down at the bottom um that uh has uh, rows of eyes on the sides and middle of the head that you can light up well you can make them open basically by doing different things 
and eventually you open enough and you can go in the mouth and that's one of the bonus stages anyway it's just really great the the one downside to this game that devils uh devils it's devils or demons devils crush devils crush fixes which is one of the reasons why it's it's truly just better um uh aliens crush oh yeah so aliens crush is two screens high i should say that so it's a double it's a double screen pinball table so really it it's about the size of a normal pinball table basically because this, your screen is is wide um so anyway um however um when you go from the bottom screen to the top screen there is a pretty jarring like clip like it it goes black for a second and then you're just suddenly in the top and then if it goes right. back down it goes black for a second and then you're in the bottom so it doesn't scroll and uh it's it's sucks it sucks i i really wish that they hadn't done that and it just it just scrolled smoothly um that's really the only thing I can say about this game that's not awesome. Everything else is great. So then there's Devil's Crush, which came out in 1990, both in Japan and Nah, which is North America, nah. for, for those of you not in the know. Nah, dude. It's the second in the Crush Pinball series, ported to, um, oh, I'll, I'll say that later. Ba- basically, Devil's Crush, uh, you know, it's where Alien was two screens high. This one's three screens high. Um, it is dark fantasy, sword and sorcery, lots of skulls and demons and dragons and zombies and skeletons. And like, it is awesome. Um, <clears throat> really, really so, so cool. And the middle screen um, has a face of a, like, it's just a woman and she's like in black and white, kind of. And she's wearing a, a helmet. And you can do stuff all around her and in various places in the table to eventually start to wake her up. The first thing is that she goes from black and white into into color, but she's still kind of dark. And then she starts to light up more and eventually she wakes up. And then eventually, if you keep going and keep doing the things, you know, there's portals around her and stuff. There's all these little spinning pentagrams and stuff. If you keep doing it, she eventually starts to transform into like a reptilian, like lizard lady. And it goes grand really lizard. far. It's like a grand lizard. She's like the the other grand lizard. She's a, oh the grand God. sorceress. Steam here, Steve. Yeah, I know. I kind of like. I. I hey, Steve. Are no you, kink are you shaming. Blinking okay? with the sides of your eyes here. <laughs> no wink shaming. Okay. Um, but so she she goes so far with the transformation that it, it's like really unbelievable how many different graphics, how many times you can make her yeah, change. It's super creepy. And and the the helmet eventually blows up and she's just got spikes coming out of her head. She's just uh she ends up like being a dragon. And it's awesome. It's so cool. So cool. And at the top, there's this pentagram, and there's all these like little cultists just spinning around in a circle and stuff. And you can do so many things, so many bo- fun bonus stages. And with, um, I think what they did was, I ca- so I can't remember if it was, there are, there are different versions of this game, and it's hard to keep track of everything. Um, the pentagrams are the easiest way to tell um, if you're just seeing graphics online. Um, there is an original version that all the pentagrams were actually pentagrams. So they're five pointed stars, but the lines all intersect with each other. So it's like three triangles or whatever. Well, that's would be six, but you know what I mean? The, the, the three, the lines all intersect. Well, the, the version that we got in North America for the turbo graphics, they changed the pentagrams into six sided stars, 
because they thought that would somehow no eight sided stars. They thought that would be better. I don't know why, okay. but they're eight pointed stars. All of them, all the pentagrams have eight points, but they the lines all intersect still. So it still has that. You're like you know what they're going for, right? You're like, you're like oh yeah, that's a demonic thing. Yeah. yeah, it's cool looking. It's really really cool looking. Um, and so this game was ported to the the uh, the Genesis, um, which I think was probably how more people in America played it because really. Like the the Turbo Graphics never really took off here. Like it was around, but it wasn't really popular. I don't know anybody who had one. Like uh, around me growing <clears> up, I mean, yeah, I was the one. I was the one that had one, right? Yeah, right. yep, yep. Bonk's Bonk. Adventure. Yeah, yep. that's right. And you know, it was a it was a great little system. It didn't. It just didn't have the legs uh, here. But a lot of games came out only in Japan and um, stuff. But anyway, so yeah, the the Genesis had um, a, a version of this game called Dragon's Fury. But that was called Devil's Crash in Japan. It's like impossible to keep track of it all. So but crazy. the original's Devil's Crush. That's the that's that's the real that's the real one. The real mm-hmm. one's Devil's Crush. But so Dragon's Fury was a port, but they redid everything from scratch. So everything looks just a little bit off if you compare them. It looks like a little off, like everything's close, but you can tell they they remade it as close as they could make it. Um, the colors on, I mean, Genesis has more colors than a TurboGrafx did. Um, you would think it would look better. It just, I swear to God, does not. It looks so much worse. It's like, it's so weird. It's like there are more colors and they did add add frames of animation to things. So it does it does look a little bit better in that regard. But like it's like the the, the tables where where it was really a like a dark gray, it's all like it looks like castle floor. It's like stone gray stone. It looks like you're looking down on a castle floor or something. And it's just too light on the Genesis and it ruins yeah, it all. It's pale and it looks it awful. just it just ruins the whole freaking thing because all the contrast is gone and everything just looks really muddy. And I don't know, it's it's not it's not the one for me personally. I've heard that it plays great, and it, the 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 one thing that I can't remember is I started saying earlier, I, I can't remember if it's only in Devil's in Dragon's uh, Dragon's Fury, or if it's in all versions, I can't remember. But one or all have this thing where if you beat a if you if you get to one of the bonus stages and you beat it, your ball turns blue. You get blue ball. Blue ball. So that, but this is actually a good thing. Hold up, it's a good that you want the blue balls because in this mm-hmm. case, it's the one time, the only time you want blue balls is because. It gives you like four times the points until you lose that. that oh, it's, ball. it's like the great ball, ultra ball, master yeah. ball. Right? Super awesome. Right. But in either just the version of the Genesis one or all of them, the one thing I can't remember is if you beat, if you beat it and you get the blue ball and then you go back to that same one, it will be a harder version of it. So like if there were a bunch of enemies to kill, there'll be more enemies or there might be additional paddles to flip yourself up. In on the sides that they add, they add to it. There are different levels of the bonus stages in this one, so that is really cool. Like I love that. Um, this game did not have different songs for you to be able to choose from, but the the main table theme is amazing. It's it's like four minutes long, and it's just absolutely just blistering. One the of, awesome metal. It's one of the best freaking video game songs ever. It just is. It's just 
never I could never get sick of it ever. Um, amazing game. Oh, and there's a skull that's like on the right side of the bottom. So when you die, uh, he's like on the bottom screen. When you die, he fucking laughs at you. <laughs> yeah, he, he freaking he's just he's just such a shit, and it, he's great because he's got an eyeball that rotates in its socket, and it actually watches the ball wherever it is. The eyeball actually watches the ball, and if you die, he goes. Like <laughs> <laughs> you asshole, shut the fuck up. It's like the um, dog, duck hunt. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like at least I got skin, asshole. Like. <laughs> um, so very briefly, I'll mention the third, um, the third in the series. It's it's bizarre. It's got a weird name. It was only available for the Super Famicom, not the Super Nintendo, not the not the TurboGrafx sixteen, just the Super Famicom in Japan only. And it's called Jockey Crush, J A K I, and that came out in nineteen ninety two. And because I know you're wondering, Jockey literally translates to evil energy or evil spirit. Personally, I hate the name. I think it's a mm. terrible name. It's bizarre. Like Jackie, I think Jackie Chan. It's like one letter away from Jackie Chan's name. Like I, I, I hate it. Like I think this game should have been called Oni Crush because yeah. there's freaking Onis everywhere. All there the are. ogres, all the Japanese ogres, or call it Yokai Crush. Yeah, that's what I'm also thinking. Yokai works. makes so much more sense. Yeah, yeah, and there are like a lot of like neat. Jap- very Japanese demons, ghosts, goblins, dragons. You know, it really has that flair. Honestly, it is as gorgeous as the other games. It does not look like the Genesis one. Like, it looks more like it is truly the same graphic styling, you know, from the TurboGrafx 16. It is as gorgeous as the other games. And some of the bonus stages are amazing. They, they incorporate mode seven. They do all sorts of stuff. Some of them, the graphics of like, there are these creepy big faces that are the size of the screen in the entire background. And it looks like incredible, like really like unbelievably nuts. How awesome the bonus stages look in this game and Jackie crush. But, um, the thing that I, so I, I never really got to play this much. I think I tried it once or something. And I just, there was something yeah, about it, it like one day. And yeah. There's, but, there was something about it that I did not fuck with. And all of the reviews that I read for Jockey Crush all had the same problem. The table has no flow. You try to get... So it's also just like just like Devil's Crush. It is three tables, uh, three screens high. But everybody's like, yeah, you're not going to get to the top hardly ever because it does this... It has this weird, like, swervy middle. And it's like the way that the angles are and the paddles and everything, it's like next to impossible to ever do anything on that second screen. Get up there, yeah. So, you know, everybody's like, you're just going to be at the bottom the whole time. Like, you barely can do anything in this game, but there is a lot of great stuff in it. And it is a good game, but man, the flow can hurt or kill any pinball game, real or video. Wow. You need that. You need that. It's like a big, big thing. And sometimes, you know, it's just, it's there. It's not. And that's it. Um, so anyway, uh, that's the, that's the, the crush pinball series. Um, I mean, these, these two games this alien and devils are just so in my heart. I, I I'll just end with this little anecdote. The reason I found out about this at all, 
Um, I've talked about this this shop one other time in some other episode. I think it was even this season, this season maybe. But um, it was a little video game store in the 90s that was on the cutting edge, on the bleeding edge, if you will, of the uh, the video game resale market. It was really before it, you know, it blew up. And um, it was uh, called Save the Princess, and it was in Framingham, Massachusetts. Um, and we found it somehow. I don't. I don't remember how. It was this very weird store on the second floor of like an office building, and we didn't even feel like it was real. But there's like the logo was on the bottom level. It's it's Princess Peach, and she's like running away, and it's a great drawing of her. And we're like, oh, this is it. Save the princess. And we go upstairs, and like. It's this little shop, wall-to-wall games. Every single square, square inch, inch of this is just all games, and it's all different systems. And it was run by this old dude. So we we ended up going back to this place a ton of times. We were mega, like, repeat customers. We loved this store. Save the Princess. Oh, my God, was it great. Um, you look it up online, there's, like, essentially no trace of it. It's just vapor. Right. But awesome awesome place really really cool guy the, the owner guy i don't remember his name but he was a really nice guy and we befriended him and he was a humongous turbo graphics 16 lover and so at one point you know one of the times we went i mentioned oh you know i have a turbo graphics well like what's good and he's like oh my god you, you have turbo graphics holy crap like nobody has turbo graphics <laughs> and so yeah. he would like he just wanted to talk your ear off about turbo graphics and then one day he was like hey wait wait a minute do you have do you have alien crush and i'm like no i i don't i've never heard of that he's like oh my god he's <laughs> like go. you need this game you need to take this home you need to buy this today and um he's like this is one of my favorite games of all time and so everything was cheap that's the thing back then it wasn't a big deal it wasn't a, like nobody cared so everything was this is even before funko land like this was like the bleeding edge of this and yeah i'm like okay cool sounds good took it home blown away so it was all due to this one random dude i had never heard of this game none of like i said none of my friends had even had the system um it's not talked about in like game pro or anything no never i never hear about it because it's just not in the limelight at all Right, and we got those those magazines. Like I was a frequent reader of like Electronic Gaming Monthly and GamePro and and various things. Like I I had never heard of it. So anyway, uh, thanks to the dude from Save the Princess for tuning me into this because I have the physical copy of both of these that I've had for you know oh, cool. twenty five years, and um, it's it's really cool. I I I really. Wish Jockey Crush had come out on the on the Turbo Graphics. I know. I feel like completed the trilogy. I feel like know. like yeah, it would have felt like completing the trilogy because right now it's like I don't even want it on the Super Famicom. Like it's just weird. I don't know. I just wish it was. I kind of maybe platform. seen they put it on the Turbo CD. You know, which still would have made it inaccessible, but at least it would have been like okay, you know, yeah. following up. But like the Super Nintendo mm-hmm. only when it came out of nowhere. So not odd. even the super nintendo the super famicom Famic it's like i mean christ if it, if it came to america at all like what do they think that like oh it's too japanese no one's gonna want it's like it's fucking skulls with horns yeah. like <laughs> it's gonna sell okay right You're gonna it'll be, be fine. fine 
it's pinball. People like pinball. People will play this. And it's I like cool, badass, evil, heavy metal shit. It's good. Yeah. So you, you can still get that on eBay. It looks like the TurboGrafx 16 version of uh, uh, Alien Crush for between 45 to 129 sealed. So that's okay. that's still pretty reasonable, actually. That is yeah, that is pretty that's reasonable. Definitely that doable. Yeah, totally. I I actually wasn't sure how much they were worth, but um, it's cool. It's cool. We've we've owned them all these years and stuff, but yeah. Yeah, we got to play them back in the day. Um, yep. And uh, also, just worth mentioning, uh, I forgot to say, Devil's Crush actually comes with um, a password feature. Oh, yep. nice. Um, because you beat the game. Uh, we were talking about it this this week in the in the group. There was a news story that broke about that 13-year-old kid who finally beat Tetris. for <laughs> yeah, yeah, got to the Tetris kill screen. He got to the kill screen. And uh, so this game actually does have a... It, like it's a score that is essentially the kill screen only they did it on purpose it's a proper ending yeah. it's a proper ending you actually there's an ending at least to doubles crush there's an ending and um it's got like graphics you haven't seen like it's it's an ending like a girl is there pr princess lady or something with a crystal ball and like it's it's crazy but you yeah. have to get to a billion points and one of the um one of the the reviewers that i i watched a video for today was talking about it and they're like look i this is one of my favorite games of all time uh i am a big pinball player i win i win like championships i like i'm a i'm a pinball guy i do like video pinball but i'm more of a regular pinball game but he, they just love these games they just specifically love the crush series they fucked with the crush series and um and he's like i it i play this game for like four hours and got to 250 million. Jesus Christ, it's only a quarter of the way there. Wow. <laughs> I mean, come on. No, so there's there's a there's a password system just in case, but can you imagine? Oh my god, a billion. Yeah. Anyway, awesome. just legendary, just absolutely goddamn legendary. Yeah. Love these games. Super legendary and I mean stuff that like we, you know, obviously have been playing for years and uh there's uh there's two other games that are technically connected to this uh yeah i just well. didn't didn't want to bother but yeah there, there's the the remakes that they did so uh not the remakes but uh for the genesis release of, of dragon's fury uh that genesis release was published by tengen yeah and tengen wow. liked it so much that they were like hey let's just make our own sequel and not even have any of the people who made the original be a part of it. So Tengen just made a sequel called Dragon's Revenge for the Genesis. That's oh, terrible. Right. It's right. hideous. It is one of the ugliest games I've ever seen. It's called Dragon's Revenge. There are a couple bonus stages that look really nice, but just about all of the game goes for this really gross, like kind of pre-rendered realistic shading stuff. Um, and then I don't know, like there's some decent sprites, but it just it looks so hideously messy. Um, that was and the then there is that made the weird shaped NES games, right? Yes, the weird yeah. in the weird Genesis cards with like the yellow tab. You're like, what you know, is going on? Or like on? the gold foil like labels or something, because like, they were like bootleg, not bootleg, but they were like their own cartridges, so they wouldn't have to pay cartridge licensing fees because that was part of like the the bullshit of like you know a lot of systems. I get um, it, you know, but it's like, yeah. why doesn't my gauntlet look like others? <laughs> right, right, and uh, <laughs> and then yeah, only uh, only on the Wii on the on the Wii online store with the WiiWare in 2008, they did a 
uh, Alien Crush Returns, uh, which right. is the only time the series has ever been actually revisited past the 90s. Um, and it was 2008. So you're talking over a de- like 15 years afterwards, more than that. It was <clears> yeah, and it's, uh, it's unplayable now. There. Yeah, it's, I have it, it never on went my anywhere. Week. I have yeah, it on the SD That's the only way you can have it if you Wii. still have your if you still have your Wii. Can't buy when, it anywhere. <laughs> when you you bought it back in the day when the shop was still up, good for yeah. you. It's just like the yep. Konami Rebirth series. Like, why yep. don't they freaking do something with some of those games? Yeah. They're actually they, pretty great. They've all just become vaporware. It's a real bummer. Um Aliens Crush Returns was definitely cool. It was really a novelty that it was just playing Aliens Crush again, but it was, you know, nothing like that scratched the itch that the original did. But yeah. um still really cool that it existed. But uh yeah, awesome job, dude. Yeah, I mean it's it's just such a huge undertaking and just still such great games to play. And yeah. uh if you are interested in trying to scratch a similar itch, um there's two games on Steam now that are called Demon's Tilt and Xeno Tilt that are not made by any of the people who made these games, but made by a person who is one thousand percent directly looking towards these games for and all of their inspiration. Um, so Demon's Tilt and Xeno Tilt are both available on Steam, and they are a demonic and an alien-themed pinball game with all kinds of shit and faces and stuff in the middle that you do cool shit to. So it's very much like, hey, inspiration's right on our sleeve, but you know what? We love that shit, so bring it on. Um, but yeah, uh, okay. Well, shit, here we are. Uh, I think that's basically, you know, going to do a wrap for most of the, the main meat and potatoes of this here season six opener. Yeah. Um, but uh, but we got one more thing. So before we say goodbye, we are going to go to our B segment. So stick around. And now it's time to dive up the edge of the map with another edition of Dime Monster. The video game bestiary of annoying enemies that really need to just fuck off. What? What's up, guys? Russ Lyman here with the first Die Monster of Season 6 for you. Now, I've been playing this game on the Nintendo Switch called Cathedral. It's also available on Steam and I think a few other places you can play this kind of resembles Shovel Knight meets a Metroid game, okay? You got that like 16-bit nostalgia look to the game and you do play as a knight traveling around and you can go to different sections and go back and get more stuff and I have been so frustrated (laughs) with this game and I got stuck on the first boss. Okay, first boss, you know, it's early on in the game. Maybe I gotta level up. So I go explore a little bit more, we finally take care of them. This kind of repeats itself quite a bit. And I finally get to one area and I'm fighting Nidlong, the Dragon King. And this fight is ridiculous. They want you, you gotta be dodging the dragon, right? He's flying around all on the screen. Picture that. And then you have to climb these platforms to light these little like lanterns. There's three of them in the stage. You light one. You got to go to the far right of the stage, light another one. Of course, the, the last one's on the far left. Of course, there's there's spikes below you and the dragons following you. So you finally light these three lanterns. Then you go back to the middle of the area. And there's this electric 
uh, beam that comes. So the dragon flies into it. So that knocks him out. So he'll fall down. And now you equipped your little cannon gun. I only have seven shots for it. And you're trying to break this mask that the dragon is wearing. It's like a stone mask of armor. So you could only shoot him with this cannon gun. So I unload. Ba, 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 ba. Now he starts to wake up. Now. I do have to light the lanterns again, but I also have to refill the gun, which is in the upper left corner. So now you're you're jumping around on these platforms and he's coming down from the top or up from the bottom. You're trying to dodge him. You get over there. You hit up to start loading up your gun and then he hits you if you don't time it correctly. <laughs> and then you still got to fly back down to go light the lanterns and do it all again. You almost have to repeat this, I'd say, three times to get enough energy down from him so the mask is finally removed and you can just hit him as normal. I've been stuck on him for like two to three hours. The progression of the game has stopped. And now I'm just fighting this boss over and over again. And it's super frustrating. You know, you want to keep going. You die and you're like, let's go again. Let's go again. Maybe. OK, I, I learned some few things. Let's try this out. Die again. Die again. It just keeps getting frustrating. And I have watched walkthroughs. So I know it's possible. People beat it. I see their their uh, the way they do it, the execution. And I'm like, all right, let me try to follow that. And nope. I can't get it down. It's like, come on. How hard does this game need to be? We'll see if I can complete it. <laughs> Feel free to check out and check up on me. I do a podcast myself as well called The Weekly Warp Pipe. We got new episodes every Wednesday and every Saturday, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can check myself out on YouTube. That's Russ Lyman, R-U-S-S. L-Y-M-A-N kind of spells out Rustly Man. So you can check out, see if I beat this boss. I'm sure I'm going to get stuck later in the game as well because this game is tough. All right, guys, thanks for listening. As always, I'm Russ Lyman and keep your world fun bit by bit. I'll see you next video. All right. So like I alluded to, hey. you just heard from Mr. Russ Lyman on yeah. uh, the first time ever of us having a guest do a die monster. Um, or really any of our any B segment. segment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was awesome. Thank you so much, Rush. Really sorry that Cathedral is such a goddamn frustrating game. Uh, yeah. Um, Just like real also... life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Cathedrals are really frustrating in real life, too. Yeah. Turns out. It takes forever um, to build. They <sighs> do. They do. In the uh, whole church can... and the steeple, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. In, in, inside is the people. You get it. <laughs> uh, they're frustrating, too. But if you stand at one corner and I stand at the other, we can whisper to each other and play telephone. It's really neat. Um, <laughs> that's how cathedrals work. Um, but Russ has a video uh, on his YouTube channel called This Game Frustrates Me and then Angry Face and Fake Swear Words Like Hubert. And it says Cathedral Nintendo Switch. Uh, so you can you can see Russ's whole video there. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for doing that. And yeah, uh, some games, they just have bullshit bar bosses, bullshit parts that you're like, I cannot clear this. What is the deal? <laughs> yeah. And it feels so frustrating because you yeah. got so far and you're like, I just, I, I gotta have like 10% more to go here. I, I don't want to give up now. <laughs> and then that 10% turns into more playtime than the rest of the damn game. So you're like, well, <laughs> goddamn, yeah. you know, but uh, yeah, totally. Awesome. 
but we're we're hoping to get you know maybe some more uh guest b segments in for you guys this season we're trying something a little bit different so really fun uh kicking that whole thing that whole idea off with our buddy russ so yeah very very cool um and uh yeah we we definitely have a couple others uh planned and you know russ is invited to come back and do more and we hope he does um and yeah we'll we'll try to just overall like you know that we got some some fun ideas for season six and uh it'll be mostly the same and uh you know a little bit different certainly uh justin cooper coopster gold you know taking over for nintendo is a is the biggest thing yeah yeah, really um, excited to get to some of the very, topics and stuff, Justin, that you are interested in. Because yeah, it'll be super yeah. cool to to yeah. see things from a different angle and whatnot. Hell yeah. Really looking forward to that. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I never would have thought that there was this much content for video pinball. Like it, <laughs> it absolutely blew my mind. I'm like wow. straight up like retro redoctopus can talk about shit forever. It doesn't yeah. matter how how uninteresting it is. We make no, it's it definitely interesting. interesting though. I'll say that. So that's because you know, we I, force it. Force the interest in this. We pay you to say that. Yeah, again, highly paid positions. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's going to be a huge, awesome new facet of season six. And then just getting more of our friends involved, different B segments, different kind of, you know, additional components. And uh, yeah, just, you know, kind of keeping the same old basic meat and potatoes, you know, and love and just changing up the gravy. So uh, there's nothing wrong with that. The seasonings. The, the fixings. Tune in next week for the five spices. <laughs> the Colonel's secret herbs and spices. Next time. Uh, all right. One of, oh, one of them's dandruff. <laughs> Daniel That's Druff. so gross. That's wicked gross. I don't want it um you know dandruff and dry scalp are two different things anyway um all right folks that wraps up the episode if you have not was that an obscure science fact i mean that sounded like an uncomfortable nature fact yeah oh there you go okay yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it was it was but uh you can look that up i'm not gonna get into it um if you haven't jumped ship by now i'm not sure why uh, but we certainly hope that you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that made growing up awesome. If you liked what you heard, please hit up our Facebook group and subscribe to the show on your podcast app of choice. You can also find us on X or Cross or Twitter or whatever the fuck you want to call it. At Redoctopus, I have been farting around in that direction. And you can also find uh, my 8-Bit Alchemy uh, on twitter as well um and we are also on good pods where you can like episodes leave reviews and give us much appreciated feedback we love feedback facebook is wonderful but we We also love feedback that other people can see well and and maybe kind of encourage more views and rankings and shit that would help grow the show grow the audience so we would really appreciate it if you give us a listen and check us out on good pods as well even if it's just to give us the old thumbs up a rooney um as well as being part of the Inebriart Podcast Network, Retroid Octopus is a full member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. So if you get a chance, please check out our sister shows like Epic Tales from the Sewers, Throwdown Thursday, Splash Pages, and Comics Paradox. For more information or to subscribe to us or any of these great shows, please visit thedorkening.com. And be sure to check out our killer sponsors, Loved by children and zombies alike. Deadly Grounds Coffee, that's coffee to die for. 
I've been your host, 8-Bit Alchemy, and we will catch you next time. For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com.